hearing last month. Venables was sent back to prison in 2010 after admitting, downloading and distributing indecent images of children. Our Home Affairs correspondent June Kelly reports. John Venables is one of this country's most infamous killers. He and his co-defendant, Robert Thompson, were both 10 years old when they tortured and murdered two-year-old James Bulger in Bootle on Merseyside. In 2001, they were released on licence and given new identities as part of the move to rehabilitate them. In 2010, Venables, by then in his 20s, was returned to custody after he was caught in possession of child abuse images. The Church of England's governing body meets in York today under intensifying pressure to resolve the impasse over women bishops. Senior bishops have put forward new proposals that would allow women to become bishops with a simple majority vote. Traditionalist Anglicans have objected to this. A respite care home for children with special needs in Stevenage is set for closure. Hertfordshire County Council had given Wilbury House a six-month reprieve. Lorna Hankin has more. A consultation by the council asked parents whether they used overnight provision at the home and over 50% responded no, so the council decided to close it. But those parents who do use it will now have to travel to Wellin and Hartford for alternative care. They say they feel let down by the decision and want to know what the site will now be used for. More on this coming up next with Ian Lee. The 900,000th fan has rolled off the line at Luton's Vauxhall plant. It will be handed over to the AA later this morning to become part of their fleet. Sport and Andy, Andy Murray will face Jerzy Janovic later today in his attempt to make it his second Wimbledon men's final in two years. The other semi-final, which takes place on centre court beforehand, is between Novak Djokovic, who sounds just like that, and Juan Martín del Potro. The weather, dry with warm, sunny spells and a top temperature of 25 degrees Celsius. That's 77 degrees Fahrenheit. Get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. That, um, the fellow that Murray's... Now, listen, you know I, I like my tennis and I've been watching the form of some of the players in this Wimbledon tennis uh, uh, weekend, week, fortnight. And that fella that Andy Murray is playing is going to almost literally eat him alive. He's six foot eight, Kath! Yeah, but it's about the power in your arm, isn't it? Yeah, he's got... Look at him on the front page of the mail. He's able to rip his own T-shirt off with his bare hands. Oh. He's going to destroy... He's going to rip Murray's head off and get his balls, tennis balls, and throw them all over the court (laughs) and then eat his body. Oh. Come on, Andy. Quiet, please. You heard it here first. If he loses the first two frames to that Spanish fellow, who's not very good, I'm really at the edge of my tennis knowledge right now, then this Jersey giant is going to destroy him. He's massive. Look at the size of him. He's huge. I'm sorry, Andy. I'm sorry. It was a nice run. But this afternoon, by about six o'clock, you're going to be Scottish again. This is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. I sound perky. I'm doing what I believe is described as faking it to make it. Because I sound perky. I'm not perky. I'm hoping that if I keep sounding perky, I'll trick my body into believing that, yes, I am actually perky. I'm not. Busy show this morning. We've got Hanson. We've got Nanny Eileen. We've got loads of stuff. Bits of... Yeah, Hanson are coming on. I know! Here are some other things we're talking about. Maybe you'd want to have a a little say on some of these. Our local MPs will be in Parliament today talking about the EU referendum bill. Well, there are persuasive arguments on both sides as to whether we should be in or not. But what do you think? 
Can beds, hearts and bucks survive without Europe? A new charity is launched today. As figures reveal a third of children uh, where we are have thought about or attempted suicide before they reach the age of 16 because of bullying. Well, were you bullied at school? Does bullying live with you forever? And this is, uh, I kind of think this is not a bad idea. Tory MP Peter Bone. Peter Bone? Wants the last bank holiday of the year to be renamed Margaret Thatcher Day. Should we have a Margaret Thatcher Day? I think it's quite a nice idea. Whatever you think about her politics, she probably deserves it, doesn't she? Well, if you don't fancy her getting the recognition, then who should have it? Facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR. You can send me uh, a text, 81333. Start your text 3CR. Or, this is the best way, come on, give me a phone call. 0844, remember phones? At the, our house, our landline rang yesterday for the first time in, I don't know, since whenever. My boy was terrified. What's that noise, Dad? What's that noise? It's the phone. It doesn't sound like a phone. He thought it was hilarious when I tried to tell him that we didn't used to have uh, phones that we carried around in our pockets and that they used to be attached to the house. 08459 455 555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Genuinely, he, he could not understand the concept of a phone attached to a house. Poor boy. Boom, boom. Nothing you can take and tear me away from my guy. Nothing you could do, cause I'm stuck right glue to my guy. I'm sticking to my guy like a snap to a letter, like birds of a feather. We stick together, I'm telling you from the start, I can't be torn apart from my guy. 
BBC Three Counties Radio. Now, MPs are discussing the UK's relationship with the European Union later. Some politicians say that we should pull out of the EU. Others say that would leave areas like ours without investment and put jobs on the line. What do you think? Can beds, hearts and bucks survive without the EU? 08459 455 555. Joined now by our political reporter, Paul Scoynes. Paul, what's actually happening today? Well, Ian, what's happening today, and I should be clear at this, at the end of today, we won't have left Europe. It's, uh, it's, it's not going to be as simple as that. Take the bunting um, down! Take the bunting <laughs> down! OK. <laughs> um, MPs, effectively, are going to be discussing this topic, and it's called, uh, you know, the topic they're discussing is, do you think the UK should be a member of the European Union? Now, that will be a long discussion. Uh, we expect it to go on for some hours. It does ultimately pave the way for a referendum, uh, which David Cameron has promised. Um, it doesn't mean necessarily that the UK government has to implement whatever that referendum comes back with um, and and as I said the Prime Minister is backing it Labour and the Lib Dems say it's a gimmick and both parties won't be voting although there will be some Labour MPs who will be voting for it because they believe in the motion including actually I think Luton's Kelvin Hopkins as well because he's quite Eurosceptic. What are the arguments for pulling out of the EU? Well we hear a lot about cost don't we? £53 million pounds a day according to UKIP that's right, absolutely. It's quite a difficult uh, job to put a single number on it, though. Uh, I've had a little look into it. I, I can't come up with a, a pretty reliable figure that I'm happy to say. I mean, there are some benefits that have been done about what, what the sort of gains and losses are to the UK economy. Some people saying it's down as little as uh, minus 5% of our sort of UK value, if you like, and, and those in, in favour say it's as much as plus 6%. That's not really very meaningful, though, is it? it, it you know, there are arguments about how the UK has less control over things like immigration uh, certainly within the uh, EU's borders there's obviously uh, uh, our laws uh, are, are sort of governed by the European Court of Justice now and there are um, some arguments including one from uh, the Mayor of London Boris Johnson which say that pulling out of the EU would actually stop this country having quote uh, uh, something to blame for our low productivity culture uh, and, and he said that it would actually focus businesses and politicians to get on and become the very best in the world if we were on our why does uh, th- th- there are arguments on both sides, of course? And why do some people say we should stay in Europe? Well, I mean, there is an argument that it would cost a fortune to leave. All the restructuring that we would have to do, uh, all the sort of uh, extra sort of lawmaking that would have to be made, because a lot of our laws are governed by Europe, and to that extent, we would probably need to rewrite a lot of them. I mean, there are lots of industries that get lots of money from Europe. Uh, uh, you know, farming is one of them. Um, there are lots of uh, areas of the UK uh, that get a, a, a lot of money as well. We get we get a lot in the east. Uh, Wales gets the highest regional funding of anywhere in the European Union. And, and you know, there's cross-border working agreements that's pretty uh, pretty good if you want to go and work on the continent. There's a lot of trade. Uh, you know, there's an argument that it creates a lot of trade. And if you don't, um, if you're not part of the party, if you like, you're at a disadvantage. Uh, and and you know, the USA warns the UK to think long and hard about leaving the EU, so there's a potential impact on our global standing and, and a, at an individual level if you like, there are sort of consumer issues that, that are, are you know, run by Europe, say things like roaming charges and cheap oh. flights, various sort of bits and bobs like that. Oh, roaming, roaming charges are going to be uh, cheaper if we're in, we're staying I'd imagine, Paul, it would be very difficult wouldn't it, to, to pull out of the European Union 
Yeah, it's not going to be very easy at all. It's not impossible. There are sort of uh, long and uh, very uh, detailed uh, sort of agreements as to how a country can pull out. And Greenland actually pulled out some years ago, uh, although that was a slightly different matter. It's part of a different country. So, uh, you know, there are, it, it is not impossible. Um, we probably keep a lot of the law that we've got already, actually, because it probably ties in with our thinking as, as it is. There is there is an option, uh, and this has been talked about, to join a sort of an area, a free trade trade area if you like like norway iceland switzerland they're all part of that as well and then we'd make our own agreements with other eu countries over trade and various bits and bobs like that so it's not impossible but certainly it's something that a lot of politicians are thinking it would be quite difficult to go ahead and do we, we always talk with big figures and big abstract terms and it's it's hard to see sometimes how something like being in or out of the eu could, could affect us what would it mean for people in beds hearts and bucks well, simply, there's a lot of money that comes from Europe. I mentioned Wales being the area which received the biggest uh, grant from the EU in the, in, in the whole of the European Union. Um, the funding for the East is pretty big. You know, the, the current agreement between 2007-2013, uh, so the last five years or so... Um, 275 million euros have been uh, have been sort of put this this area's way uh, and and 27 uh, sorry 23.7 million for the southeast area which includes buckinghamshire so a huge amount if you see the dis- discrepancy between those two areas and of course that goes on sort of business development infrastructure training and farming as well it's such a rural area in, in the east of england um really makes a, a huge difference to the economy so it would have quite a sizable impact in terms of those uh, in terms of those figures, uh, investment in sort of the public roads as well, that comes from Europe. Some of those big long routes that come from the, uh, from the ports, uh, those roads that are being sort of fixed up and widened in a lot of cases, some of that has EU funding as well. So it's worth just thinking about that. Paul Scoynes, thank you very much. We'll talk uh, again a little bit later on. 08459 455 555. What do you think? Can beds, hearts and bucks survive without Europe? Really keen to hear both sides of the argument here, if at all possible. 08459 455 555. You can go to facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR. Some of you posting on there already. Travel news for beds, hearts and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. So far, all looking rather good on the roads. We've had no accidents reported and everything's moving well according to the speed sensors. The shortest of delays possibly on the A5 as you come northbound from Dunstable up toward the A505 to go across to Woodlake and Buzzard, but really it's all looking absolutely fine. Everything into and out of Bedford looking clear as well. Even the M25 through the roadworks section is running nicely. I can see that on the cameras. Train departure boards are not showing any late runners. I don't think anything's running more than maybe a minute late anywhere across the three counties at the minute. And all looking good for the tubes into and out of London as well. Adam Glynn, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much, Adam. More from him in 15 minutes. It's 6.16. It's Friday, the 5th of July. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Plans for a referendum on Britain's membership of the European Union will be debated by MPs later this morning. A respite care home for children with special needs in Stevenage is set for closure. And in sport, Andy Murray takes on the massive Jersey Janovic for a place in Wimbledon's men's singles final later on today. And I can tell you now, Murray will be out. By six o'clock this evening, Andy Murray will be Scottish. The weather today embeds hearts and bucks. It'll be dry with plenty of warm sunshine. Maximum temperature of 25 degrees. Coming up, 
should we rename the late August bank holiday as Margaret Thatcher Day? I think it's a cracking idea. If you don't think it should be her, then who should we dedicate a bank holiday to? 81333. Start your text 3CR. BBC Three Counties Radio. Who can forget this time last year? I'm looking down on Gail M's running through central Milton Keynes. The Olympic torch relay lit up beds, hearts and bucks. When you had that flame, it was you. In the whole of the world, you had the Olympic torch in your hand. From Monday, the Three Counties sports team will be cycling the torch route and speaking to people involved in the sporting legacy. All we need to do is work very, very closely with the local clubs and schools to start to develop the sport at grassroots. Follow us throughout the day and find out just how the Olympics inspired sport for all of us. As soon as it started, we signed up and done it on the first day. Three Counties Sport, cycle the Olympic torch route, Monday and Tuesday here on BBC Three Counties Radio. Give me a time to realise my cries Let me love and steal
this I scoffed I thought oh, that's what a stupid idea think about it the more I think about it the more it sounds like a genuinely good idea name a bank holiday after Margaret Thatcher wouldn't that be nice wouldn't it be good it'll be good because bank holidays are always good we won't be getting a new bank holiday okay it's going to be an existing bank holiday It'll be a nice... Whatever you think about her, she was a very um, important woman in British history. And it will be quite divisive. Bank holidays are a little bit bland, aren't they? They show rubbish on the TV. You kind of sit around and no one knows quite what to do. But if it was called Margaret Margaret Thatcher Day, there'd be a little bit of tension in the air. We might even get a few protests. Well, a Conservative MP thinks we should do this. He's hoping to get the issue debated in the Commons today. His name is Peter Bone. I know, isn't that unfortunate? He's put forward a bill to turn the bank holiday at the end of August into Margaret Thatcher Day. Happy Margaret Thatcher Day! It rolls off the tongue, doesn't it? Saying that she should be honoured for transforming the country. She not only made us... You took us from the sick man of Europe to the greatest nation in Europe. We defended, she defended the Falkland Islands. She, you know, council houses became available to purchase. You know, we, we, we privatised, nationalised industries. All the things that have transformed the country. I mean, people who might have opposed her at the time now, of course, realise that she was the greatest peacetime prime minister, I'm sure. But a former Conservative MP and a friend of Margaret Thatcher, Michael Brown, well, he thinks the Iron Lady would have been appalled by the idea. Margaret Thatcher hated holidays of any kind. She hated going on holiday and she looked for any excuse to come back uh, to deal with a national crisis if she could find one. And the idea of a bank holiday in honour of Margaret Thatcher she would find thoroughly dreadful. And she would say, get on with your work and let's (laughs) stop all this nonsense about holidays. We've got work to do. Well, maybe we could work on the bank. If it was Margaret Thatcher bank holiday, maybe we could work on that day. What do you think? Should we name a, a bank holiday after Margaret Thatcher? I'd like to hear a good argument against. I bet you haven't got one. 08459 455 555. And if we don't give it to Margaret Thatcher, who should we give it to? Marie's in Offley. Marie, would you like to be celebrating happy Margaret Thatcher Day? Not really, because I think Sir Winston Churchill deserves some backup. He was an alcoholic, wasn't he? He saved us from Hitler. Yeah. Yeah, but he was an alcoholic. I, I just wonder how appropriate it is to have a bank holiday celebrating, you know, someone who couldn't put the booze down. Yes, but listen. Yes? He saved us from Hitler. Margaret Thatcher... Think about s- it. Margaret Thatcher saved us from ourselves. Mm. Well, a lot of people weren't c- very keen on her, were they? No, a, a lot of people weren't very keen on Churchill. Mainly the Germans... But, still, he had his detractors, didn't he? Why would you like to celebrate a, a Winston Churchill Day, Marie? Well, he saved us from Hitler. As you said. Anything else? Think what he did. Yep. Anything else? No. Excellent stuff. That's Marie and Offley. Well, what do you think? Dear listener, Margaret Thatcher Day. I, I, I don't think we're going to get a good argument against it. Happy Margaret Thatcher Day. I'd even buy cards. I'd send cards to people. I'd send cards to people at the Socialist Worker. That'd learn them, wouldn't it, eh? 
08459 455 555. Peter's in Warmer Green. Peter, I know you've not called in about this. We'll get to your point in a second, but would you celebrate a, a Margaret Thatcher Day? Only if you had a Jimmy Savile Day the following day. OK, I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> don't think that's going to happen, but you never know. Political correctness gone mad. Peter, what have you called in about? I've Europe. called in about this referendum. Yes. It's been kicked in long to longer grass... And uh, if you if you go by their political structure, really, and put it politely, yes, and please do put it politely, really putting it politely, very politely, they are really saying to to uh, that they're being economical with the truth because it's going to be ten years up to the pushed back another two years, twenty seventeen. Yep. it's going to be a private members' bill, which has got very little chance of passing it in any case. Yes, so it's just sheer. Window hang on a minute, hang on a minute, Peter. Yeah. Are you accusing David Cameron, our Prime Minister, a man who I once offered a sausage roll to? That's yeah. true, that's true, that bit. Um, are you saying that he's a liar? Absolutely. He promised what? one before. But he's promised, promi- he's double promised this one. <laughs> it's a double promise. I tell you what, I yes. tell you what, it, 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 I've, I've heard a flashman before and it sounds very similar. You've heard a what? Uh, the Flashman. What's the Flashman? It was the, um, if you like, it was the public school boy who was the bully at uh, a particular oh, school. That's a very, that's, I, I, I'm aware of the term, yes, the Flashman, yes, of course. So you're, you're not, if we did have an EU referendum, Peter, yep. which way would you vote? Well, I vote the same way I did on the first one. Yep. And that's against. You'd be, you'd be against it. But do you think we could survive in beds, hearts and bucks? Would, would Woolmer Green be able to survive... Without being part of Europe, do you think we do? Do you think the public are better off now than they were before? Well, don't answer a question with a question, Peter. Well, well, answer a question with an answer. That's, but that's what people don't do. Yes. They don't uh, ask, answer it with a question. No. Yeah. Would Wool? I'll, I'll try it again. Would Woolmer Green be better off if we were out of Europe? I think so. Why? Well, because generally, generally we are. Um, if you like, we everything that seems to happen yes. seems to happen through Europe. Uh, Their rules are, are overbearing on this country. Those are rules. France is never like Britain anyway. We are going to finish up if we go on like we're going. We're going to finish up as the dumping ground for all oh. the surplus uh, 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 um, uh, atomic uh, waste yep. that France has got. What? And now we're an island, offshore island, that's all. Well, we are an offshore island. Absolutely. Hence, you could, you could lose the be. word offshore and just say island. It's going to be a dumping ground for the atomic waste as well. You believe me. Peter in Warmer Green, I don't, but I appreciate your time. Thank you. 08459 455 555. Peter is adamant that Warmer Green could survive without being part of Europe. Well, what do you think? Could beds, hearts and bucks survive without being part of Europe? 08459 455 555. And Margaret Thatcher Day, the last bank holiday in August, wouldn't it be nice to, to award it to Margaret Thatcher? If not her, who would you like to name it after? 81333, start your text 3CR. Travel news for beds, hearts and bucks. BBC Three Counties Radio. At the moment, there's still no disruption on the roads of the three counties. Everything's moving quite well on the M25 
M1 and M40. We have got some works in Amersham. The A404 White Lion Road. Temporary lights are up for gas main work near the junction with Loudoun's Road. They're hoping to have those works finished later today, so by the weekend it should all be clear. In Aylesbury, temporary lights along the A41. It's water main work. They've been doing this for a few weeks now near to Berrylands, and they're going to be doing it for another couple of weeks still. If you're going to be driving through Hitchin, Cambridge Road, the A505, roadworks are taking place near the junction with Cambridge Road, so at the end of the A505 through Hitchin there. And again, they're hoping to have those works finished later today. On the trains and on the tubes, we have no delays reported for the moment. Adam Glynn, BBC Three Counties Radio. Sweet. 6.30, news and sport, here's Catherine Boyle. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Headlines. Plans for a referendum on Britain's membership of the European Union will be debated by MPs later this morning. Scotland Yard is now formally investigating the disappearance of Madeleine McCann, who went missing in Portugal six years ago. And Wilbury House, a respite care for children with special needs in Stevenage, is set for closure. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Andy Murray takes on Jurtzi Janovic for a place in the Wimbledon men's singles final today. Murray starts as the favourite, but the British number one says he can't afford to take the 24th seed lightly. I know him a little bit. I've seen him play quite a bit this year um, as well. He's had some some good tournaments, um, you know, in the build-up here. He played well in Rome especially. And then, yeah, I mean, the guys will we'll have a look at some of the videos of his matches here, see if there's some extra things we can we can pick up from and take it from there. Sabine Lazicki will play Marion Bartoli in the women's singles final at Wimbledon on Saturday. Bartoli won in straight sets against Kirsten Flipkins, while Lazicki beat Agnieszka Radvanska to become the first German woman to reach the final of Wimbledon since Steffi Graf in 1999. Formula One drivers could go on strike this weekend and refuse to take part in the German Grand Prix. That's the threat from the Grand Prix Drivers Association if there's a repeat of the tyre failures experienced during the British Grand Prix at Silverstone. Speaking before the Drivers Association statement was made, Milton Keynes based Red Bull driver Mark Webber says tyre manufacturers must adhere to the highest standards. The teams have very strict rules on construction, crash tests, all these things, which we have to meet every year. And they're tough tests, you know, so we need to make sure that uh, the suppliers are doing the same. In football, Luton Town have confirmed the departure of two long-serving coaches, the former assistant manager Alan Nielsen and goalkeeping coach Dimitri Kareen are both leaving. The club say manager John still will appoint replacements in due course. And local non-league clubs will today find out their opponents in the early draws of the FA Cup and the FA Trophy. And that's your latest news and sport. I'll be back with more at 7. We're asking, should uh, the last bank holiday in August be Margaret Thatcher Day? Mm. I think it's a cracking idea. Well, on facebook.com forward slash BBC3CR, Susan says no, and this is her and her reason is flawed. No, politicians can have stone statues, but not days. They are for saints. Oh. Well, if a sausage can have a whole week, <laughs> then surely a politician can have a day, can't they? You'd think. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. I think anybody can have a day. Really? I think that's that's feasible. Now, you can seriously sausages get a week. Sos- National Sausage Week. Well, give Margaret Thatcher a day. Margaret Thatcher is at least one seventh as good as sausages, isn't she? Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five is the phone number if you want to give us a call on that. In the next thirty minutes, we'll be speaking to Nanny Eileen Barry from Watford. 
And we'll also, uh, well, we've got lots of stuff uh, on, on the go at the moment. If you want to give us a call, please do. Now, the parents of 47 children with special needs in Stevenage say they feel let down following a decision to move their respite care home. The children are being moved from Wilbury House by Hertfordshire County Council following complaints of noise from its neighbours. Well, Katrina has a 16-year-old at the home and will now have to take her further afield to Wellin or Hartford. Katrina joins me now. Morning, Katrina. Morning. Katrina, can you explain what special needs, it's a phrase I don't particularly like, but what special needs your daughter has and, and how they're catered for at the care home? Okay, um, she's got complex health needs. She's got spina bifida, so she needs a lot of um, personal care, and she's in a wheelchair, so she can't. She needs an accessible place. And they refurbished Wilbury four years ago to a beautifully high standard, and it was just amazing to have somewhere that she could access in a wheelchair. Um, and I think a lot of us have just, you know, absolutely devastated that they're they're just closing that facility they give with one hand and they're closing it and um we've just got to go further afield now for, for if it was refurbished four years ago i'd imagine that wasn't cheap things like that are, are always quite expensive why are they shutting it four years later um they well i think there has been there have been complaints from the neighbors that a lot of it was about traffic because they started using wilbury not just for overnights but for short breaks so we would take we'd have to take our children drop them pick them up so there's a lot of traffic coming and going and when you say lots of traffic how much um there's only there's 47 kids there well no there's only ever about a maximum of five or six at a time as not 47 right okay um but obviously you've got a lot of staff um right so got change. were there were there really complaints about the noise these children were making uh well there were yes yeah because a lot of the other children um are not just sort of complex health needs but they've got autism and so they're quite noisy sometimes so they can't help it i'm shocked to hear that do we really live in a world where neighbors complain about noisy autistic children i'm i'm shocked by that well i'm glad you are um some people are and some people aren't but we we actually set up a petition um to see what support we could get and we got over 800 people signing it Mm. um because uh, what it comes down to is, is Hearts County Council are breaking the, the terms of the lease with, with Letchworth, um, who, the Heritage Trust, because it was set up as a residential home and not as a short breaks home. So uh, they would have to get the lease changed and they they gave us like a six months uh, sort of, you know, respite till September to see if they could address the issues and they obviously haven't been able to solve the problems. Um, so they, they can't they can't stay there, really. So, so. what's, what's going to happen, uh, uh, Katrina? W- what will you have to do? We'll have to... There is, there's another centre in Wellin and another centre in Hartford. So um, they, we've got to be fitted in with, um, you know, people there. So because they're not just shutting Wilbury or they're not moving Wilbury people somewhere else, they're shutting it completely. So they're reducing the number of overnights that are available people because they've done a survey and they said people actually don't want that number of overnight so explain to some people uh, listening who perhaps don't understand just how important uh, respite care is for for the, the children involved and also for the parents yeah um when when you've got a disabled child that needs constant care it it is very very uh, tiring and 
to make it a better relationship, the, the carers, the parents, actually need a break. Otherwise, you, you reach breaking point yourself. And to have an overnight stay means that you can go out with, you know, your, your husband, you, you can go out with your children, your other children, because they, they lose out when you've got a disabled child as well on time. And you can, you know, have a slightly normal life occasionally, and then you recharge your batteries, and then everybody's better. And the children themselves need need to gain a bit of independence because they get very dependent on on the carer or the parents and so it's very very good for them and they get to meet other people and and trust other people and you know it's it's just good for them as well did you expect this decision um after we we'd had the decision at the beginning of the year yeah i was i was expecting that it wasn't mm. going to get resolved um but yeah it's still it's still very upsetting and uh uh, but but there again, I think you know we need to get something positive out of this. So if they are going, we've got to accept this is going to happen. And uh, you know, if now they're going to say they're going to sell Wilbury and then rip everything out, that would just be devastating. <laughs> that would just be such a waste of public money. What would you like to see done to the building? I'd like it to um, transfer to adult care yeah. and then make it a residential home for. Um, adult disabled. Well, Katrina, keep listening. We'll put that point. Later on, we'll be speaking to uh, Richard Roberts, who's the Cabinet Member for Children's Services at Hertfordshire County Council. Uh, he'll explain the decision to uh, uh, close uh, Wilbury House, uh, and we'll ask him what the plans are for the future of it. I, I'm shocked that the people could complain about the noise that autistic and children with special needs were making. Oh, it's a bit noisy today. Can you hear that lot moaning over that over there? I think that's outrageous. Oh, wait, four, five, nine, four, double, five, five, double, five. Thank you very much, uh, Katrina. As members of Parliament debate Europe again, yeah, mm, what do you think? Would uh, beds, hearts and bucks, would we be better off if we were in or out of Europe? Steve's in Dunstable. Morning, Steve. Morning. Better off in or out? Out. Why? Well, we, <laughs> well, we, we had two world wars to have, our, uh, to have self-rule, to rule ourselves. We didn't have two world wars and lose thousands of men to be dictated by Europe, surely. Well, we had two world wars. We had two world wars to try and create peace. And by being part of the European Union, we've not had any wars with anybody in Europe, have we? Oh, no, not in Europe. We have all the the way around the world, but not Europe. Maybe we we could do with a war, actually. Maybe we could do with a war. It might might get the economy boosted up. Well, you you joke, but, you know, the Falklands gave Britain a kickstart, didn't it? But the wars that we're involved in, they're not wars, they're conflicts that we're involved in around the world. We're involved in those as Britain, not as part of, of the EU. So we would still be involved in those, whether we're in or out of Europe. Yeah, well, the, the way the government run the wars, it's, it's down to the generals to run the wars, not the politicians. That's why we, we get stuck in these wars around the world, don't we? Anyway, back Europe. Yes, no, back, back to what we, we're talking we, about, Stephen. We, we should be out of Europe anyway. We trade with Europe. We were, we were doing all right without being part of Europe before, in, in the 60s and the 50s and that, the 70s, whatever. Yeah, no, the 80s? No, why not? No. Uh, yeah, Steve- well, why should I have someone in Brussels dictate 70% of our rules? Steve- we're our own country, a sovereign country, are we not? We're a democracy. Of our own people. So why have we got other people interfering? Steve, final uh, final thing. Margaret Thatcher Day. Would you would you uh, celebrate that? Yeah, why not? She had more balls than the blokes have today. Thank you, Stephen. 
On the other side of the street I knew Stood a girl that looked like you I guess that's deja vu But I thought this can't be true Cause you moved to West LA Or New York or Santa Fe Or wherever to get away from me Oh, but that one night Was more than just right Oh dear, not, not many of you supporting the idea of um, making a bank holiday Margaret Thatcher Day. I'm surprised, I'm surprised. Nick has texted in 81333, starting his text 3CR. Don't call it Margaret Thatcher Day, why not call it UK Day? Shirley very simply says no to Margaret Thatcher Day. Zara says, instead of having a day where we celebrate Margaret Thatcher, we should have a day where we commemorate maybe some of the people or children that have been killed or have been victims of government schemes and policies. That would be a fun day, wouldn't it? 08459 455 555. Margaret Thatcher Day. Makes perfect sense, doesn't it? Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Some short delays on the M25 anti-clockwise as you go past Junction 25 for the A10. This is as you come into the roadwork section with the 50 mile an hour speed restriction and of course that runs through to the A1M at Junction 23 but it's looking slowest right as you hit the 50 mile an hour restriction with a patch of heavy traffic there. Speed sensors aren't picking up too much else at the moment and the cameras on the M25 further round not showing any other issues. It's looking clear 
clear for the minute past the M40 and down toward the M4 and the clockwise carriageway is moving quite nicely. No delays yet on the A1, usual spots that get quite busy for the moment looking good certainly as you come toward the Black Cat roundabout from Eaton Soken it's looking alright and the A1M is still looking clear through Stevenage and on the trains we have no reported problems or delays. Adam Glynn, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you Adam. 6.45, it's Friday. The 5th of July. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Plans for a referendum on Britain's membership of the European Union will be debated by MPs later this morning. A respite care home for children with special needs in Stevenage is set for closure. And in sports, Sabine Lizicki will play Marion Bartoli in the ladies' singles final at Wimbledon on Saturday. Coming up, Nanny Eileen. But before that, Nanny Rosini. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Why am I nanny? Am I just looking after the weather for you today? Yeah, let's pretend the weather are kids and you're looking after them. All right, well, it's going to be warm, dry and sunny. I don't know what else you can ask for, actually, weather-wise. And some very good behaviour indeed. Lots of sunshine around. We're talking more like sunny spells rather than wall-to-wall sunshine today because there will be some cloud bubbling up here and there, particularly through the course of the afternoon. But with very light winds, it will feel very pleasant indeed. And we could be looking at something close to 25 or 26 degrees Celsius, quite widely across the three counties. And actually, somewhere, we might even catch a 27, which would be very nice nice indeed wouldn't it um very light winds a lovely evening tonight uh, of course it's the men's semis at wimbledon today and i think it's going to be feeling very warm indeed lots of sunshine around um overnight tonight then we're looking at temperatures dropping to between 12 and 15 degrees in many of our towns it's not going to feel quite as muggy as it has done in recent nights last night ended up being fairly fresh uh, despite the mild temperatures we're probably looking at the same thing tonight some mist patches forming over the chilterns they'll quickly disperse into tomorrow tomorrow even higher temperatures temperatures are more in the way of blue sky and sunshine. We could be looking at 28 degrees Celsius quite widely across the three counties on Saturday, somewhere close to 30 degrees maybe by Sunday. The good weather set to stay for at least the next week or so. But I'll have all the details, of course, day by day because no, <laughs> I suppose sense. things could change. But comp- confidence oh, is very high for the yeah. next two weeks. Hmm. <sighs> you dragged out a bit. Have you finished now? Yeah. All right. Shall I press Enjoy. the... Enjoy. Oh, thanks very much. <laughs> 08459 455 555 Nick Coffer on BBC Three Counties Radio On Wednesday I'll be live at one of the world's biggest horticultural events The Hampton Court Palace Flower Show is in its 23rd year and I'll be bringing you all the colour and excitement from this year's event I'll be speaking to exhibitors from across beds, hearts and bucks about their blooms and bulbs and we'll all be learning about the difference between a Lathyrus odoratus and a Sinapis arvensis. Join me live at the Hampton Court Palace Flower Show Wednesday from midday here on BBC Three Counties Radio. Morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. We're discussing the secrets of radio. Now, my highlight of the week, it's not talking to local councillors or MPs or or winding up Mark Lancaster. No, the highlight for me is where I get to play a BBC introducing track and get it reviewed by the delightful Nanny Eileen. Good morning, Nanny Eileen. Good morning, Ian. How are you this morning, my love? Um... Fine, thank you. You sound very perky. I don't feel perky. I am faking it to be making it. I'm hoping if I keep sounding perky, my body and my brain will kind oh, of well, catch yeah. up with me. Yes, I yeah. understand. You had a nice weekend? Oh, no, no. Yeah, let's do that again. Cut that bit. Had a nice week? 
Um, yes, very nice, thank you. Haven't done very much, but I've had a lovely new front wall built. <laughs> I know it doesn't sound very exciting to yeah. you, but... No, things like that are, are exciting. I, no, I totally know what you mean. Yeah, and it was built by this yo- lovely young Asian guy. Oh, OK. He's only 20. Yeah, um, here we go. He did a, a course at Barnfield College. Yes. And he thoroughly enjoys his work. Well, then, isn't that nice to see someone who enjoys their work? Yes. Now, Nanny Eileen. Yes. Listen, uh, each week we get you on, and you must have been doing this for months now. Yeah, aren't you getting fed up with me? No, I'm not getting fed up with you at all. <laughs> but, but, I was, I was, I had a, a desperate phone call in the week. Yes. From an elderly gentleman, Barry from Watford. Yes. Who said, I would absolutely love to come on and review the BBC Introducing track with Nanny Eileen, would you mind? I kind of said, no, we, it's Nanny Eileen's gig, we're give it, giving it to her. Oh. But, but, he's insisted. Oh, please let him. So, Nanny, say hello to Barry. Hello, Barry. Poppycock. Sorry? Poppycock. What do you mean? I never phoned you up and begged to review you. I'm sorry, Eileen. Nice to speak to you. Thank too. you. I am very perky, but you, you bet you begged me. I did no such... You begged me. Uh, well, no. not how I remember no, it. No, you wouldn't know, Barry. Well, yes. Nonsense. Yes. 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 Thank you. You're yes. welcome. Begin. I will do. Thank you. Yes. Okay. Now, Hello? Yeah, Barry, you're... How, uh, how old are you, Barry? 82 years old. Okay. Young. Oh. Young. <laughs> exactly. Oh. So, <laughs> but you, you both come from a different time, don't you? What, what do you mean? <laughs> what I mean is, you, I'm, I'm still kind of young and hitting with it, 40 years old. That's <laughs> <laughs> a good one. Yeah. Uh. But you come from, like, you know, from a different era. You didn't even have um, colour television when you were born, did you? That is correct. Yes. So what? 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 What I'm trying Hold to get. Hold on a minute. How old are you? Forty. Well, you didn't have coloured television when you was born either, presumably. That's b- by the by. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, Eileen. You're not very good, is he? Yeah. He's brilliant. One minute is asking you how your weekend was. Next minute he's faking his perkiness. Next minute he can't even do the simple math. <laughs> <laughs> But he is lovely. Oh, he is, yes. He is lovely. All right, pencil, mate, get on with it. Eileen. Yes. Ignore him. Now, uh, motor racing, you're a big fan of the Formula One, aren't you? Yes. They're all going to go on strike this weekend. Yeah, I don't blame them after what happened last weekend with those tyres. Well, didn't one of them um, got blown out in his car, didn't he? Was it five that blew up? Five no? of them? Oh, yeah. dearie me. Well, that's no good, well, is it? One car? Sorry? No, no, no. One car? No wonder they go so fast nowadays. <laughs> Blood. <laughs> well, they have got five wheels. They've what? got the steering wheel. Oh, you know what? You have to get up very early to catch out Manor Island, don't you? <laughs> that's absolutely right. Now, listen, uh, the, yes. yeah, the reason that's we're here, Barry and Eileen... Yes. ...is to... It's- yeah, is to review this week's BBC Introducing track. Now, for Barry, do you know what BBC Introducing is? Uh, no. OK. Shall I tell him, Eileen, or do you want to? No, yeah, you tell him. OK, you don't know either, do you? Of course I do. Oh, of course you do, right. Now, BBC Introducing is a show, Saturday nights, BBC Three Counties Radio. It's oh, yeah. for lots of local, unsigned, up-and-coming musical acts, groups, singer-songwriters, that kind of thing. We got it. Yeah, and each week we review the song. Oh, nice. Yeah, so this week, it's yeah. um, a, a, a group called Big Sixes. Oh, 
Mm-hmm. They're from Chesham, and their song is called The Hunter. Ooh. Now, Barry, nice. would, you, would you like to introduce it this week? Ladies and gentlemen, they come all the way from Chesham. They're called The Big Sixes, and this is their track called The Hunter. <laughs> oh, dear. Speak to you after this. I've been talking to the ceiling What a way to spend an evening I'm not the type to kick up a fuss Or leave things in the rain To rust up the walls of paper thin You Sixes, they're from Chesham, and that's their song, The Hunter. Loved it. Part of, sorry? Loved it. Let me finish the, um, the spiel. It's part oh, of, right. yeah, part of the BBC Introducing uh, show you're here on Saturday nights with Gareth from 8 o'clock. Barry. We'll get to you after we've spoken to Nanny Eileen. Nanny Eileen, oh. what? Yeah, she's been doing it longer. <laughs> yes, uh-huh. I, I enjoyed that. It was a bit repetitive. But I love the way their voices blended. Some very, so yeah, some very nice harmonies, weren't mm, there? Really, really nice. Do you yeah. know, I'm very keen on young bands. There's a young band on with me at the Watford Palace Theatre next Friday. No, 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 no we're not going to. We're not, not, not going to. We're not going to. on at Watford Palace. Yeah, we are uh, not going to plug. Yeah, I'm talking no, now. My show. Yeah, we oh. no, steady. We are not going to uh, uh, <laughs> plug that. It's the BBC. Well, so, even though it's me and the fast shows, John Thompson, the week tonight. No. At the Watford Palace Theatre. No one's I actually... I think your listeners would like to see I hear that. I don't think they would. See it. Oh, for goodness sake. They sakes. might like to grab a pen and write down the box office no, number. No, they wouldn't, Barry. Yes. Uh, well... I- <laughs> Eileen. 
Mark's... <laughs> oh, for goodness sakes. Mark, 7.45, the curtain goes up. You coming, Eileen? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> no. No. Eileen. Come on, Eileen. <laughs> oh, that's oh. my theme song. Yes, if that's, the kind yeah. of, if that's the kind of material they can hear, Barry, oh, then so no one's... Just to recap, you're... at 7.45, no. a week tonight at Watford Palace Theatre, me and the far show, John Thompson. Right. Eileen, Mark... I do apologize. Mark's out of ten, Eileen, for... Um, for the nine out of ten. Nine out say, of ten yes. for the big sixes. And, and Barry, have you got a number? I'd say ten. I really liked it. Okay. I really liked it. That's 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 wonderful. Eileen, uh, 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 I do apologise that your your slot has been hijacked. Please we, we... don't apologise. It was huge fun. Are you sure? Oh, oh, I am. <laughs> you are sweet. That's a free ticket for Eileen for my show. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still there. I'm, I'm still here. Just I suspect I won't be here after the seven o'clock news. <laughs> I can yeah, see my sure. bosses pacing around the corridor, yeah, looking I furious. Eileen, have a lovely weekend. Enjoy the Formula One. And you. We'll speak next week. Tatama yeah, did. There we go. There we go. Bar- Barry, not be funny. She is a lovely la- old lady. Isn't she lovely? And you were very rude there. It wasn't rude. I'll speak to you next week. This time next week. I enjoyed it no, almost. Fun. No, you won't. That's it. It's a one-off. Oh, Ta-ta. cheeky monkey. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. I think Eileen came out best in that conversation. M25, anti-clockwise, heavy traffic as you come in toward the roadwork section. It's looking slow approaching Junction 25 for the A10 around Enfield and Chesant. But apart from that, the M25 is actually flowing quite well this morning. No delays yet on any of the other cameras looking at the rest of the anti-clockwise stretch as you run round toward the M40. And the speed sensors aren't picking up any other delays around there either. Things on the M1 are looking clear past Luton. No delays at the minute past Milton Keynes too. And it's looking fine actually into and out of St Albans and Emel Hempstead. Usually we see a little bit of a queue on the A41 coming down toward the M25, but for the moment that's running quite nicely. Train departure boards are showing no late runners, and there are no issues for the tubes into or out of London. Adam Glynn, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Adam. Normal service will be resumed. I can only apologise for the last 15 minutes. So, Margaret Thatcher Day, what do you think? Good idea. If you wouldn't give it to her, who would you give it to? And would Beds, Hearts and Bucks be better off if we were out of Europe? Speak to you after the news with Catherine Boyle. On FM, AM, online and digital radio. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. seven o'clock the headlines eu referendum edges closer rural broadband running late and stevenage care home set for closure bbc three counties radio mps are preparing to debate a bill to put into law david cameron's pledge on a referendum on britain's membership of the european union he's promised a vote by the end of 2017 if the conservatives win the next election from westminster here's carol walker david cameron is keen to emphasize his support for a bill which is close to the hearts of so many in his party He's emailed Conservatives to say the party's united behind the bill being taken through Parliament by James Wharton, who became an MP at the last election. It's got the full support of the Prime Minister, the Foreign Secretary, the leadership of the Conservative Party behind it, and it has the united support of Conservative MPs, which is so important, because this is going to be a, a tough road, it's a difficult parliamentary process, but I'm confident that we can do it, we can get it through, and we can give the British people a say. There's no government legislation because of opposition from the Tories' Liberal Democrat coalition partners. 
Most Labour and Lib Dem MPs will abstain today, which means the bill stands a good chance of clearing its first hurdle, though it could easily be scuppered during its later stages. A man is due to appear in court in West Yorkshire charged with murdering an elderly woman and attempting to murder a boy. Nathaniel Flynn is accused of killing Louisa Denby, who was 84, at her home in Shipley and stabbing the nine-year-old boy at a nearby skate park on Monday. The National Audit Office says plans to bring fast broadband to rural Britain are almost two years behind schedule and will end up providing a billion pound subsidy to just one company. Here's our technology correspondent, Rory Kethlin Jones. The best superfast broadband network in Europe by 2015. That was what the government promised when it unveiled its plan to bring fast connections to 90% of UK homes. But the National Audit Office says the rural broadband programme is now 22 months behind schedule and only 9 out of 44 local projects will hit their target of providing 90% coverage by May 2015. The NAO says the plan to have competition also hasn't worked. BT will be the sole supplier and will get £1.2 billion of public money. The Department for Culture said the government was delivering a transformation in broadband, while BT said it was providing excellent value for money. A respite care home for children with special needs in Stevenage is set to close. Hertfordshire County Council had given Wilbury House a six-month reprieve. Lorna Hankin has the details. A consultation by the council asked parents whether they used overnight provision at the home and over 50% responded no, so the council decided to close it. But those parents who do use it will now have to travel to Wellen and Hartford for alternative care. They say they feel let down by the decision and want to know what the site will now be used for. The first of four main road closures through Luton Town Centre happens tonight, as Lee Agnew reports. Both of the flyovers are part of the town's inner ring road and are being shut to have their expansion joints replaced. Chapel Viaduct will be closed this evening and next weekend until early the following Monday. Park Viaduct will be closed for 14 nights in late July and August. Luton Borough Council says the work is dependent on dry weather and diversions will be in place to guide drivers across the town. Andy Murray will face Jurtz Janovic later today in his attempts to make it to his second Wimbledon men's final in two years. And the weather, dry with warm sunny spells and a top temperature of 25 degrees Celsius, that's 77 Fahrenheit. Get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. This is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. The, the first hour, did that actually happen? If you missed it, I well, I, probably a good thing to be honest. I was going to suggest you go to the iPlayer later. I have, perhaps not, <laughs> perhaps not a good idea. Lots coming up between uh, now and uh, nine o'clock, including in this hour. Can beds, hearts, and bucks survive without Europe? Our local MPs will be in Parliament today talking about the EU referendum bill. There are persuasive arguments on both sides as to whether we should be in or out, but what do you think? I genuinely can't make up my mind on this. I don't have enough information to know what the best thing would be. So maybe you can sway me a little bit. Can beds, hearts and bucks survive without Europe? Bullying at school, does it live with you forever? A new charity is launched today as figures reveal a third of children where we are have thought about or attempted suicide before they reach the age of 16 because of bullying. And should the last bank holiday of the year be called Margaret Thatcher Day? 
Tory MP Peter Bone wants it renamed. He should probably rename himself. Well, if you don't fancy her getting the recognition, who should have it? Facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR. You can uh, send me a text, 81333. Start your text, 3CR. Or... Give me a call, 08459 455 555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. What do you think? Beds, hearts and bucks. Can it survive without Europe? MPs are discussing the UK's relationship with the EU later. Some politicians say we should pull out of the European Union. Others say that would leave areas like beds, hearts and bucks without investment and put jobs on the line. Well, here are some feelings locally about the EU. We're humans, we're flexible. The instinct to survive is good, therefore we will overcome whatever might happen. I didn't think the European thing was a good thing to start with anyway. I didn't actually vote for it. Then again, my vote doesn't make a difference if everybody else thinks differently. I think we could survive without it, I don't think that's it's that important to the people of Luton. We've got other issues and I don't think that we particularly need the European Union to keep us going. I think Europe's got its own problems. Many countries like Spain, people like that have got their own problems and I think Luton's got its own issues and I think we'd be better off just independently trying to work them out rather than trying to get involved in other countries that have already got debts. I think we've got our own problems and we'd just be better off without them. I didn't say we most probably could survive locally without the European Union but uh, in principle I think it does provide jobs in the in the long run because of uh, here we are a bigger market the bureaucracy drives me mad i suppose it does most people mad but uh we've still got sort of the economics to think about personally i think we should withdraw we used to be great britain can't see why we can't be it again i think people are a bit fed up with how things are going but yeah i think probably general consensus is we should pull out i think we used to be pretty self-sufficient as a country and i don't see why we can't be again Oh, it shouldn't have an impact. Obviously, it'd be completely different, wouldn't we? Be on our own again, but I think it'd be a good thing. In the end of the year, we got all these Romanians and Bulgarians coming in. I mean, what effect is that going to have? They can, there's no, there's going to be no kind of limit on it. So, I mean, and all the people around us who work in this country already. I think it's a pathetic thing that we spend more with them than they do with us. I don't think it'd be, it won't be a disadvantage. Obviously things have changed, but I think it would be an advantage more than a disadvantage. Because a lot of people who work are from Europe, so it is very hard to England. But don't let so many people. <laughs> Still they can give some time, some time at least. If someone comes from Europe, yeah, give them about three, four years. And if they don't work properly like everyone else, don't pay tax and everything, then they can go from where they come. <laughs> well, those are the opinions of people on the street. What do you think? Give me a call and uh, let me know. Do you think that Beds, Hearts and Bucks can survive without Europe? 08459 455 555. Joined now by Director of Business for New Europe, Philip Souter, and UKIP Councillor and Prospective Parliamentary Candidate for Milton Keynes, Lee Barney. Good morning to both of you. Good morning. Morning. Philip, we'll, we'll start with you. What does Europe actually do for us here in the three counties? Well, like the rest of the country, it provides uh, access to the biggest trading block in the world without barriers or without let or hindrance, and that creates jobs and growth in this country. We'd have access to that, though, even if we weren't part of the European Union, wouldn't we? Well, it depends on the deal that you could... Um, we have access the... to, to America and China. Not on the same terms. Um, it depends on the deal that you could... Uh, that you could agree. Norway has access to the single market, but they don't have any influence, so they just 
receive the rules that the European Parliament and Council decide, they take them off the fax machine and they just cut and paste them into their own rule book. But they do have, have access. Votes. They do have access to the market, though. I know, but they don't have any say. So they're rule takers, not rule makers. At the moment, we have a huge amount of influence. We're the third um, largest country in the European Union after Germany and France, and we have a huge amount of influence on what goes on there. Lee Barney, UKIP councillor, how do you respond to that? Well, I, I think the point he's making is actually very valid. You know, if we are part of the European Union, yes, we do have a voice. But, of course, if we leave the European Union, we have the only voice. We will set our own trade regulations with the countries like America, like China, like India and all other emerging markets. And I think that's much more important that we do that rather than be one small part of a much bigger collective. Could we strike such uh, good deals, Lee, if we weren't part of, of Europe? With, I'm talking about with countries like America and India. Yeah, I think... Well, I'd, I'd, I would look actually at the deals that we can make with, with say, Germany. Already, you know, they, we're the biggest purchasers of their, their export cars. So I think we continue to do to do that, and I don't think we'd lose anything lose anything through removing ourselves from the European Union. If anything, we'd just gain ability to, to set our own trade levels. Philip, we, we'd but lose nothing. We'd, we'd well, only gain. You wouldn't be able to make um, a deal just with Germany because the EU negotiates trade as a bloc, and the reason that it does this, and the reason that the UK supported this in the first place, was because it's more powerful as a bloc than on its own. Um, if you speak to somebody like Kamal Nath, the um, former head of the Indian trade negotiating team, he said, um, look, I'm very happy to do a deal with just Britain. That's not a problem. I'll do it. But don't think for a second that the deal that you're going to get to access our market is going to be as good as um, if you're negotiating with the rest of the European Union. I mean, your listeners said some interesting things, for example, on migration, about, you know, the Romanians and Bulgarians that come here to this country. But the fact is, there are 1.4 million people, 1.4 million Brits, living in other EU member states, and they could risk losing their pension rights if we lost. Also, on average, um, immigrants in this country from Europe put more into the exchequer than they take out, and they're less likely to be a burden on the NHS or social services. So there are actually a lot of myths out there, which is why we need to reform the European Union right now. We need to start the process right now, because it's in our, it's in our interests, but we need to make it work better. Lee, there are a lot of myths out there about EU, and I, I would imagine that, that some people might think they are coming from your direction. There are a lot of myths out there about the European Union, and I don't think we need to, to entertain those myths to, to prove just how much of a bad idea the European Union is. I just want to go back on one point there about the, you know, the 1.5 million Brits living out in Europe. Yes, there are. Of course there are. But they're not going to lose their pensions just because we come out of the European Union. That, that's just complete rubbish to say that. So I'm, I'm not worried about that at all. I'm... The, the European Union question comes down to me about whether or not we want to set our own trading priorities, and I think that is something that we can do. Okay, yes, European Union is a much larger collective. They are going to have a purchasing power much larger than 65 million people in the UK. But we're going to get the deal that we want, that set by the people that are elected by the people of Britain, not by people of France, Germany, Spain, Portugal, Ireland, Greece, all those other countries that aren't necessarily as fiscally sound as what we are. I know, but you know, we're putting our own house... Sorry, I'll let you talk. We're putting our own house in order, whereas they continue to try and put their own house in order... And yet countries like Greece are having their own house put in order for them. 
I know, but Lee, nobody's forcing us to be a member of the European Union. And if you look at the, um, as tragic as a lot of the things that are happening in Greece and Spain are, and nobody can deny that, nobody is forcing them to be members of the euro. And if you look at the opinion polls, the, the majorities of the people there, they want to remain in the euro. So how do you explain that? I haven't seen those opinion polls. I don't think that's true at all. Lee, we're speaking... Just the straw poll we had a minute ago. Gentlemen, let me interrupt. Let me interrupt. Sorry, Lee, we're we're speaking of myths. And and isn't one of the myths about Europe the the, the UKIP line about it costing us £53 million a day? I've heard varying figures anywhere from 50 to to 53 to 57. Isn't it significantly less than that, though, once you factor in uh, all of the benefits and the rebates and things we get as being part of Europe? I don't think so. I mean, to be honest, and I'm, you know, I'll be honest here, I've never seen the full justification as to why £53 million is there, nor have I seen £57 Then why does you keep, keep spouting that? If, if, if its members haven't seen the full justification for it, it seems odd that, that they would keep uh, spouting it. I wouldn't say the rest of the members haven't seen it, just that, just that I haven't seen it, and I can't... I don't, I don't as think a member of UKIP, do you not think it's thing. important to look at that? One of, the, one of the biggest arguments that UKIP has for coming out of here. it's the biggest argument we have for coming out of said it's one of the biggest, because it's the one that's... It's the headline-grabbing one, isn't it? cost us 53 million pounds a day do you not think it's important to to investigate those figures i i believe there is there is a paper on it it's extremely long you've not looked Um, at it i haven't read it myself okay well i mean that figure is actually i mean that figure is is wrong it's based on um old figures um from a good few years ago and it's also based on the gross contribution that we make um and it doesn't take account of the, of the actual money in the budget that we get back. I mean, the reality is about half of that, roughly. I mean, it changes year to year. Um, but the fact is, I mean, if you ask most people, so how much money do you think we give the European Union? They'll probably say something like, oh, about 10% or a quarter or something. Um, but the reality is it's about 1% to 1.5%. And what we get back for, for that is remarkable in terms of the trade and in terms of the influence that we can exert. But just on one point... Very very, very quickly, Philip, very quickly, then I'm going to come back to Lee to close up. The the pensions point was made by the House of Commons Library, and they're an independent research body. So it's, it's... it's not scaremongering okay. by any extent. Okay, th- Philip, we have to we have to end it there. Uh, Lee, you've got thirty seconds to come back. Uh, Philip's pointed out that you know that it's not just about trade. There are other things that European Union do, and there are other impacts that they have on us, such as setting our immigration levels. And they have a much larger impact, as as has been identified by the House of Commons just yesterday and put in the papers. Chaps, listen, we have to end it there. We're out of time. Thank you very much. I hope you you, you both felt you uh, got your points across. The last voice you heard there was Lee Barney, UKIP councillor and prospective parliamentary candidate for Milton Keynes, and director of business for New Europe, Philip Souter. Well, has that cleared things up for you? I'm slightly surprised that a member of UKIP wouldn't have have read at least a a summary of why UKIP claims it cost us £53 million uh, a a year. That seems a little surprising. It it is the line that's trotted out a lot by that organisation. But what do you think? Has that cleared things up for you? Can beds, hearts and bucks survive without Europe? How does it affect you personally, living in the three counties? 08459 455 555. Travel news for beds, hearts and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Nothing particularly unusual on the roads at the moment. Everything seems to be moving quite well on the M40. Just looking at the cameras as you go past High Wycombe and it's actually 
almost completely empty. Handy Cross Roundabout is looking a little bit slow, but hey, it always does. The A1M is running fine through the Hatfield Tunnel. No delays as you head off past Stevenage. Short delays on the M25. Centres have been picking up a little bit of traffic as you come into the roadworks section, so it's looking slow from Junction 26 at Waltham Abbey through to 25 at Enfield. And you might find a short queue on the A10 as you come southbound through Chesant toward the M25. It's also looking a little bit slow as you go from Maple Cross at Junction 17 on the M25, anti-clockwise round toward the M40 at Junction 16. And the usual queues starting to build on the A1 southbound through Boreham Wood, slow traffic from Stirling Corner toward Apex Corner. Still no problems though for the trains or tubes. Adam Glynn, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much, Adam. 7.17, Friday the 5th of July. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. MPs are preparing to debate a bill to put into law David Cameron's pledge of a referendum on Britain's membership of the European Union. 47 families in Stevenage will have to find alternative respite care for their disabled children as their current facility, Wilbury House, has been earmarked for closure. In sport, Andy Murray plays Man Mountain Jertsy Janovic for a place in the Wimbledon's men's singles final today. He'll lose, he'll become Scottish again. The weather today in beds, hearts and bucks. Dry, plenty of warm sunshine, maximum temperature of 25 degrees. What a lovely day to be stuck in a car, thanks. Coming up, something rather serious, and I'd be interested to know if this has affected you at any point in your life. Apparently a third of children across the east of England have thought about or attempted suicide before they reach the age of 16. Well, does bullying live with you forever? 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Every weekday from three, Roberto Peroni. The bosses of a Milton Keynes lorry driver who died after falling asleep at the wheel have been found guilty of manslaughter with the best local news stories. At the moment, Christmas in Luton is at risk. We'll do our best. We'll work with the business community and other sponsors to fund the Christmas lights. The best local travel. Multi-vehicle crash on the M1 northbound just as you come from the M25. It's going to get busy. Three cars involved with the best local talking points. Because I was born female, that was my first sin if you like and I don't think I've ever been forgiven for it Roberto Peroni weekdays from three on BBC Three Counties Radio so the last bank holiday of the year should it be called Margaret Thatcher Day well Tory MP Peter Bone wants it renamed I would suggest he should rename himself before he starts renaming bank holidays but what do you think I I can't see an argument against this Margaret happy Margaret Thatcher happy Margaret Thatcher Day oh I forgot the Margaret Thatcher cake I wonder what films are showing on Margaret Thatcher Day, Mary Poppins it'll be, or The Love Bug. 08459 455 555. Well, we sent our reporter... Sorry. We sent our reporter, Kelly Betts, out and about. Kelly, where are you? Hi. Hi there. Hi, I'm just outside in Luton, nice and sunny day. Yes. Just saying happy Margaret Thatcher Day to people that I pass. Happy Margaret Thatcher Day to you. I'm assuming, Justin's still away on holiday. He is. Sophie couldn't make it? No. No? Um, Ollie's busy? Ollie's busy. Yeah, Gareth couldn't come in today. Yeah, no, Gareth's busy as well. Okay, Louisa couldn't do it. Ollie the cleaner. Barry couldn't do it. Um, Can't do it. Work experience. It's you. Well, well, well done you. Don't mess it up. I'll I'll try. This is this is your big chance. So you've been asking people about the prospect of Maggie Thatcher Day, have you? I have, and I would like to say it's a mixed response. Except most people aren't that bothered. Most people there are I ask are just like, oh well. Mean yeah. no speak English. Yeah, some were. 
some were just like, yeah, well, mm, don't mind. Well, this is going to make an interesting two minutes of audio, yes, isn't it? it is. Shall we yeah. have a listen? Hey, press play. So Margaret Thatcher, there could be a bank holiday named after her, and it could be the August 26th bank holiday. How do you feel about that? Fine. I'm not, no problem with that at all. I live through her reign. Oh, OK. And you were a supporter of her? Yes. I've not been in this country for long, so I don't really know what Margaret Thatcher stands for. Is there anyone that you think should have a bank holiday named after them? It depends on the people of the nation, what they feel about it. Do you think uh, our presenter Ian Lee deserves a bank holiday named after him? I'm not really sure. What about the Smurfs? I I have no idea. (laughs) So August 26th could be day for Margaret Thatcher. How do you feel about that? If they name it after her, they name it after her. She was in power and at the end of the day, she did what she thought was best. Just leave it as a bank holiday. What happens to just leaving things as they are and stop trying to change things and make it sort of bigger than what it really is. Who do you think um, there should be a bank holiday named after? You're quite young. Do you think someone sort of cool, like, I don't know, Faith from Steps? (laughs) (laughs) Faith from Steps, oh yeah. (laughs) Doesn't affect me too much, because obviously I was born after, she did whatever she did. It's just I'm not really first. What about yourself? Quite similar, actually, just... As he said, like, she did all everything she's done. It obviously affected my parents, so... Do you feel that there is somebody who is deserving of a bank holiday being named after them? Yeah. Probably, I suppose, I suppose so. Who would you say? Could be anyone, anyone in the world. Who would, you, who would you think deserves it? Is there a rapper that you like? So, no, if anything, if anything, it shouldn't be named after anyone like that. If It should be named after her instead of anyone else. Yeah, OK. So if like you're going to put it in that type of category, because, yeah, she actually did quite a lot for us even though people didn't like what she did she still did quite a lot and it's actually this is this is where we are now because of her our presenter ian lee thinks that he should have a bank holiday named after him what do you think depends what he's done just some telly he's stuff then i don't think something like you have to do something that makes a like a real change um, ian lee or margaret thatcher who do you think should get the bank holiday um, margaret thatcher make more of a difference yeah. to like the world but she whatever. made more of a difference no. to like the world listen i um discovered ricky gervais and ali g right oh right so yeah. i want to say discovered i mean I'm, I've, I've been in the same room as them so <laughs> i've done lots to influence what rude what rude young people they are <laughs> aren't they rude are you finished me? Yeah, I'm just going to have a cup of tea. Nice one. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. We've got... Um, thank you, Kelly Betts. We've got some texts on... Should there be a Margaret Thatcher day? I'll just read one at the moment. I'll, I'll read the rest later on. Claire says... No. That's Claire's opinion. <laughs> thank you, Claire. 08459 455 555. You can have your say on that as well. Now... Something rather serious. Does bullying at school live with you uh, forever? Here's a rather worrying statistic. A third of children across the east of England have thought about or attempted suicide before they reach the age of 16. A third. Well, to try and tackle this, a new charity is being set up by the people behind Beat Bullying. Mindful will help 11 to 17-year-olds who experience depression, stress or mental anxiety, giving them online access to counsellors providing support and advice. Well, I'm joined now by the anti-bullying programme manager for the Diana Awards, Alex Holmes. He's from Milton Keynes, was bullied himself and recently starred in a Channel 5 documentary about bullying. Good morning, Alex. Good morning. Alex, tell us what happened to you. Well, when I was at school, um, I was picked on in primary school. It, it was mostly racism, and it was because uh, my, my dad's black, and, and they would pick up on that, and they'd be quite nasty. And then that continued at, at secondary school, and it was mostly verbal bullying. Uh, but it would be at those times when I'd be feeling safe, 
I'd be feeling happy and, and the bullies would say something or do something that would instantly ruin my day. How did the, the, the primary school, how old were, were you at primary school when you were, you were getting racially bullied? Well, I was uh, about eight, eight or nine in, in year six. How, oh, I'm, I'm shocked to, to, to think that the eight-year-old kids would be able to even spot the difference. Mm. I remember not spotting the difference until much later in, in, in terms of... Be- and how did this bullying, uh, th- when you were at primary school and when you went to secondary school, how did it make you feel, Alex? I think it, it made me feel shy, isolated and, and depressed. And I didn't know how to deal with it. I felt that my school didn't know how to deal with it. And it really did make me feel alone and, and it affected my confidence and, and my moods. And, and I don't feel that I achieved the best that I could at primary school because of the bullying. When you, went to, when you were in secondary school, did you mention it to, to people, your teachers at school? Yeah, I did, actually. And my school didn't... Uh, really take it seriously at the start. I, I, they actually said that there isn't any bullying at, at our school. Yeah. And that's an attitude. You know, I think, unfortunately, when I was growing up, that people felt that bullying was a normal part of life, a normal part of childhood, you know, almost character building. And I think, you know, it does make you stronger, but no one should have to go through bullying in order to become a successful, stronger person. Uh, yeah, and, and at the time it's happening, it, of course, it, it, it can be horrific. I mean, there's a staggering figure that uh, a third of children across the east of England have, have at least thought about or attempted suicide before they reach the age of 16. Did you ever get as far as that? Uh, no, no, I didn't. And I, and I think that's p- partly because I had a quite a strong support network. I knew that there were people that could keep me safe and, and that could support me, but I think for a lot of young people, then they're not aware of who, who they can go to and, and, and who they feel a little bit disconnected at times in, in the world that we live in. Explain what the Diana Awards are and what they do. So the Diana Awards is in memory of Princess Diana, who believed that young people could, could change the world, could shape the world that, that they live in. And we recognise inspirational young people, but we also run an anti-bullying programme for the government's Department for Education. And we want to equip young people and empower them to feel able to stand up to bullying. And we train the young people and their staff to come up with innovative uh, methods, things like smile and compliment days that spread positive vibes in schools, things like patrols, dropping sessions, just really led from uh, the young people who can really change their school because see, we spend 11,000 hours of our life at school and I think it's so wow. important that we address some of those issues of safety and, and well-being. Can we ever uh, change it, Alex? Because kids are kids, you know, and they are, the bullies are, are generally, not always, but they're generally damaged goods as well uh, and, and you know, kids do spot vulnerabilities and they, they attack them, whether physically or verbally. Can we ever stop bullying? I think that's a good point. I, you know, I don't think we'll ever get rid of it, but I think it is about difference. I was picked on at school because I was different. Difference wasn't celebrated as much as it could be. And I think when you empower young people and you get them excited about the part that they can play in their world, in their school, in their community, then they can start to think about how they treat others. And just giving them that bit of responsibility of training and equipping them with some knowledge can make them leaders in their school and future leaders. So I think we absolutely can. It just takes a little bit of inspiration and for the 
in particularly schools, every school has to have an anti-bullying policy, but that's just a piece of paper. Mm. That paper needs to come alive, and there needs to be active stuff, uh, assemblies, there needs to be events, so that we constantly get the message across that actually bullying isn't acceptable, and it shouldn't happen, but more importantly, that there are people you can go to if you ever have a problem or a worry or a concern. Alex, I appreciate your time this morning. It's Alex Holmes uh, from the uh, uh, the anti-bullying programme manager for the Diana Awards. Uh, I'm just thinking, listen, we've got, we've got Kelly Betts on standby as our reporter today. As hopefully we're going to get a professional back next week. I say professional, I mean Justin Dealey. Can we, can we send uh, Kelly Betts out, A, to get an egg sandwich, but B, I'm just kind of keen, as you know I don't know a lot about tennis, I don't think Andy Murray stands a chance today. I, look, look at the fella he's against. He's six for eight, he's muscular, he's ripped his shirt off. I've tried that once, I've never been able to do it. Can we send Kelly Betts out just, just to get the public opinion on uh, uh, Andy Murray? Do, do we think he's going to win or lose today? It's all I want. Just a little straw poll. Andy Murray, does he stand a chance? Or will he be Scottish again by six o'clock uh, this evening? This bloke is massive. Massive. Kelly Betts, that's your mission. Should you choose to accept it? Should you not? Well, then that's a disciplinary action because you're contractually obliged to actually do what I say. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The M25 is getting progressively slower. You've still got the short delays coming in toward the roadworks section anti-clockwise from Waltham Abbey toward Enfield Junction 26 to 25. It's starting to look busy in the roadworks section now as well. So as you go past Potter's Bar and come toward the A1M at Junction 23, it's a bit slow as well as you continue around toward the M40. Junction 17 to 16 looks like there might be a little bit of a delay. Not a massive queue by any means. The A1 slowing up a bit at the Black Cat roundabout from Eaton Soken, but not as slow as the average weekday morning morning into and out of milton Keynes, no problems at present all looking quite clear through aylesbury the a41 looking fine as you come from hemel hempstead down toward the m25 but you have got delays as you drive into london on the a1 through boreham wood southbound it's looking slow with a little queue from sterling corner toward apex corner if you're traveling by train or by tube though your journey should be a better one no problems so far today adam glynn bbc three counties radio thank you adam 7:30 news and sport now Catherine boyle Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. The headlines. MPs are preparing to debate a bill to put into law David Cameron's pledge of a referendum on British membership of the EU. The National Audit Office says plans to bring fast broadband to rural Britain are almost two years behind schedule and will end up providing a billion pound subsidy to just one company. And 47 families in Stevenage will have to find alternative respite care for their disabled children as their current facility, Wilbury House, has been earmarked for closure. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Andy Murray takes on Jerzy Janovic for a place at Wimbledon's men's singles final today. For Murray, it's his fifth successive Wimbledon semi-final, but Janovic says he won't be overawed by the occasion. I know uh, what to expect from the centre court because I played already uh, one match there against Nicolas Almagro. I know the uh, crowd will, uh, help, will try to help him a lot, but uh, I hope I'm, I'm going to win. 
Sabine Lezicki will play Marion Bartoli in the ladies' singles final on Saturday. Bartoli won in straight sets against Kirsten Flipjens, while uh, Lezicki beat Agnieszka Radvanska to become the first German woman to reach the final of Wimbledon since Steffi Graf in 1999. In football, a statement on the Greys Athletic website suggests the Essex club's manager, Haken Hanretin, is to leave to become Luton Town's assistant manager. That follows Luton Town's announcement yesterday that former assistant manager Alan Nielsen and goalkeeping coach Dimitri Karin are both moving on. And local non-league clubs will today find out their opponents in the early draws of the FA Cup and the FA Trophy. In rugby, the British and Irish Lions assistant coach Graham Rowntree says tomorrow's deciding third test against Australia is the biggest game of the squad's lives. The Lions go into the match knowing a win would secure their first series win since 1997. As coaches, you know, a lot of us have been involved in grand final games. This is the biggest one for us. With re refreshed ourselves a couple of days it was important that to switch off after last week and um, we've restocked the team made some changes there and lads are ready to go and um, the word I'd say is desperate we want this game tomorrow and that's your latest news and sports I'll be back with more at 8 o'clock this is Ian Lee on BBC Three Counties Radio BBC Three Counties Radio here every weekday between 6 and 9. You can download the podcast as well. Go to uh, the BBC Three Counties homepage and follow the links for podcasts or go to iTunes, type in Ian Lee, I-A-I-N-L-E-E, and it pops up. A new one will be released today. It's kind of about 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock, something like that. I don't know. Uh, lots coming up in the next 30 minutes, including Women Bishops and Margaret Thatcher Day. Loads of you... It's funny, you can... Some things we put on Facebook... We get a few comments, and it's kind of nice. Some things, like the Margaret Thatcher Day, you put on Facebook and you go mental for. Lots of comments on there. We'll have a look at those. Um, some of those before 8 o'clock. 08459 455555. And Hanson are going to be on the show before 9 o'clock. I know, no, bear with me. Honestly, their new single is brilliant, and they're playing that live for us a little bit later on. I say live. Kind of is on... I'll explain later. You've got to be very transparent at the BBC these days, haven't you? You have to be... We recorded it yesterday. Now, the parents of 47 children with special needs in Stevenage say they feel let down following a decision to move their respite care home. The children are being moved from Wilbury House by Hertfordshire County Council following complaints of noise from its neighbours. Well, Richard Roberts is in charge of children's services at the authority. Richard, what kind of children did Wilbury House cater for? Good morning, Ian. Uh, thanks for uh, getting me on this morning. Uh, the, the children uh, and the families of those children, they're disabled children. And Wilbury House, up to now, has been offering respite care. So it's, uh, it's not a children's home in the, in the classic sense that we'd understand it, but offering uh, uh, visits after school and some uh, overnight stays. Why is it being closed down? The... The, the, the issue we have is that having one big facility like uh, Wilbury House, which is a very expensive uh, facility costing about a million pounds a year, doesn't give parents the choice and flexibility about what their children can do and what they can do as a family and how we support them as families. And I think um, we've had a really positive dialogue with the families that use the Wilbury House. Uh, and I'm and I'm I'm positive that the 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 future for uh, the support of families with disabled children is around choice, flexibility, and having to drive an hour away at a time. Say that again, and having to drive quite a big distance to 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 get to other facilities. Well, actually, one of the issues is that uh, Wilbury House is on the edge of Letchworth, and you you mentioned about families in Stevenage. 
So for families in Stevenage, being on the edge of Letchworth doesn't help uh, develop community links, doesn't help if we've got uh, uh, people in the community willing to volunteer to help families with disabled children. That wraparound care that communities want to provide for families with disabled children isn't going to take place if, the, uh, if we've got one facility on the But on if, the if, it's ne- if it's nearer... Yeah. Surely it's a big deciding factor. If people want to drop their kids off for a couple of hours or for an overnight stay or something like that, surely it needs to be nearer, doesn't it? If there's a facility near them, why should they move further away, drive further away? I think, Ian, we've probably reached the stage where we've got to be a little bit mature about what we offer parents. Up to now, parents have been told this is what is available. What I'm saying is that there is an opportunity now to give parents more choice and flexibility. Well, they it, can decide it, how it, they uh, Richard, it, it does sound, with, with the greatest respect, to say we have to be mature about what we can say we can offer to parents. It, it does sound a little bit patronising. Is this closing down to save money? You mentioned the figure of a million pounds a year. Is it just to save money? No, but you can't have your cake and eat it. What does that mean? If you're going to spend a million pounds on Wilbury House, you're not going to spend a million pounds on giving parents personal budgets, flexibility, community services building up links with the voluntary sector, building up links with volunteers... So it is to save money? Uh, 56% of parents, when we went and had detailed conversations with them, and we've spoken with every one of them that uses Wilbury, 56% don't actually want to use Wilbury House. So we are providing a facility that more than half the people that use it don't want it. Well, we heard earlier on that, 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 that many people were saying that because their kids are quite young and they don't realise that when they become a little bit older, they will need the services of somewhere like Wilbury House. No, I, think, I think that because their services haven't been there, the support to families who've got children with behavioural difficulties, we need to build these Richard, up. seriously, do you know what? Do we, live, do we live in a place where a council refuses to spend a million pounds a year to look after sick and disabled children? Is that, is that the kind of society we want to be in? Uh, Ian, we spend an awful lot more money than that. I think it, for disabled children, we're talking. But you're closing. Like you're talking million. about choice and flexibility. You are removing an avenue of that choice. No. This, this, the, the, the respite care let, for let these parents, explain. the respite care for these parents and these children is invaluable. It is priceless, and you are taking that away from them. And more than half are saying they would like to do something different. Some are saying about a quarter are saying we really want to have our overnight stays. And there are places available in Hertfordshire at other respite care homes where this can take place. We're not precluding them from that. What we're saying is that we need to offer a better deal for parents. The government believes so. The government is looking at this. We are a champion in Hertfordshire for looking at But it's not a better deal. If you're removing a facility that is invaluable to the parents and to the kids that use it, then that's not offering a better service, is it? That's closing down a thoroughly decent service. And Ian, I think we're getting rather circular here. If more than half the parents don't value the service that we're providing, isn't it beholden on us to look at doing well, things No, you in a ignored way? the point. R- Richard, do I need to repeat the point I made earlier, or do, do you want to respond there to are, it? There are, there, are, there are respite care homes in Hertfordshire, Jubilee House, for example, uh, and uh, the Pines, and down in Southwest Corner, which provide respite care. So, but why? I, this is basically does boil down to money, doesn't it? You're kind of fudging around it, but but it, it is to save a million no, pounds a year. No, and we know that no. budgets. We know that in times of austerity, budgets are, are tight and money's being cut everywhere. And if you can save a million quid a year, then of course you're going to, aren't you? Uh, we're not saving a million quid a year. Well, it I've costs you a million pounds no, a year. So I'm, assu- I'm assuming you, that's that money's being spent elsewhere. Is it? It is being spent with parents and for parents 
of families with disabled children. A million children. pounds a year is being, is, is being reinvested. We're reinvesting that money back in with those parents. The, I, I asked only the other day, there's very little saving coming from closing Wilbury House. You, uh, it was uh, revamped, wasn't it, uh, four years ago? How much did that cost? A uh, significant amount of money. How much? Times, times were different then. Well, how much? Uh, I suspect it runs into hundreds of thousands of pounds. OK, and you're just writing that off? As I say, Ian, we're either going to look after buildings or we're going to look after families, and I know where, where my energies are going to be. Well, yes, yeah, with families, but you, you spent hundreds of thousands of pounds on revamping this building to look after these families, and now a few years later you've just suddenly decided, oh, actually, no, hang on, oh, that was silly, we don't even need that building. Ian, you and I both know that times have changed, and uh, we don't have the, uh, the money flow. So it is about money, Richard. This is the thing. You, you keep saying it's not about money. Then you, you trot out phrases like, times have changed, we don't have the money. So it is about money. It absolutely is about money, but it's about spending it wisely with families of disabled children. And I think it, we, uh, we are beholden to doing that. I think the thinking has been so rigid in the past that we've not provided the right kind of services, the choice and flexibility so you've wasted, are looking for. So you've wasted, you've wasted several hundred thousands of pounds. That was, that was a waste. Well, it was, a, it was a government initiative aiming high for disabled children. It was the, the latest fad. It came from the last government. Oh, aiming high for uh, disabled money children was, is a uh, fad. Money was more prolific at the time. Wow. It isn't now. It's a fad to aim high for disabled children? Now, I said it was a government fad. It was a government initiative. Government right. walk, what, having given us some money, government then walked away from, from that. That was the previous government. What's going to happen to the building now? That's one of the concerns of uh, one of the parents we spoke to earlier on in the show. I think that's quite show. exciting, and I know because I personally have been, uh, I've been to uh, visit Wilbury House and I've visited the residents locally and with the parents uh, six times, I think, as well as the chief executive of the uh, uh, Letchworth Heritage Foundation, uh, John Lewis. So um, I'm excited about the possibility of this building. Well, what's going I to happen? I hope, well, it's not my, not my decision, but I hope that we can uh, be able to accommodate perhaps older, um, so uh, young adults or, or, or older people with disabilities in this building, which would be great because it would give them uh, a lovely home uh, within Letchworth. Within so it is still going to be used for, for people with disabilities? It could be, yeah, or it could be with learning disabilities. What are the other options, then? If, if, if it's not going to be for people with disabilities, what, what are the other options that are being discussed? Well, that would be, um, the other options might be uh, that the building, uh, because of the, 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 it is ultimately it's a building, so it could be sold, uh, and I wouldn't like to say what would happen to it then. Well, it could be knocked down for houses? It could, oh, yeah, I mean, the options... Right, OK, so, yeah, yeah. how... how uh, Again, this is a lot of fudging here, Richard. How likely, in percentage terms, is it to remain as a facility for those people who have uh, special needs? Uh, I would say quite high, actually. Uh, currently, adult care services, uh, that's the adult care services at the County Council, are evaluating the building for accommodation for people with learning disabilities and difficulties. But it could be sold for, for a profit? Uh, all of our property, uh, when it comes okay. up, when it's no longer um, being used for what it's previously been put there for, Could we offer it up for sale if we don't need to use it. Okay. And uh, 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 when, I mean, is it going to be offered up for sale? Uh, I, I've just said adult care services are currently evaluating. Okay. Surely it's beholden to you, to uh, use your own phrase, to, to, to look after people who, who, if that building is there and has had hundreds of thousands of pounds spent on it in the last few years, it's beholden to you to make sure you don't lose money on that and to still provide services for people. Absolutely, couldn't agree with you more. Excellent, well we look forward to seeing that. Final thing, is it true that neighbours complained about the noise? They did, yeah, the, the, absolutely. And I, Did you give them short, short shrift? 
Uh, we have <laughs> autistic, we, autistic we and disabled children. Off. Autistic and disabled children making noise. Is that really appropriate for neighbours to complain about that? I think it's absolutely appropriate for really? them to complain about that. It's us. We have to work with the community. That's exactly what we have to do. We can't work in isolation. Do you not think it's disgusting that some of the neighbours, not all of the neighbours, that some of the neighbours complained that there were some kids making funny noises over the fence because they're disabled and autistic? Do you not think that's shameful? No, not at all. I think the way we work wow. with our neighbours is really important because we just wow. said, this is a house, this is a home that could well be there for long into the future for uh, older people, adults who may live there you and think, this will be their home. Okay. They, we, we, there's, there's no way I'm going to start vilifying neighbours. You that's think it's acceptable for people to complain about the noise that disabled children make? I don't think the complaints were limited to... The no, but it, those, specifically, those specifically, do, do you think it's acceptable for people to complain about the noises that disabled children make? Uh, I think that we need to work with our neighbours, yeah. and if we, if we are creating noise, whether it's from uh, children or whether it's from adults, okay. or parking yep. and uh, oh. uh, okay. slamming of doors and that yeah. sort of thing, uh, and also people coming and going off the, at the end of their shift. Of course. So, 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 in conclusion, Richard, and I'm trying not to put words in your mouth, but you are, you're, you're dodging ever slightly. You're saying it is acceptable for people to complain about the noises that disabled children make. I think it's acceptable for people to complain about noises, and then we work. And even if they come from, even if they come from disabled children, even if they come from disabled children. Thank you very much. Uh, indeed, there we go. It's acceptable to complain about the noises disabled children make. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five seven forty five. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. If your commute to work this morning involves rail, then you're looking like you're going to have a good journey because we've got no problems on the trains for the moment and tubes to and from London seem to be running without issue as well. Looking at the roads and, by and large, everything's actually moving quite well. We've got a couple of problems on the M25. Anti-clockwise, there's now a lane closed as you come from Waltham Abbey toward Enfield into the roadworks. A multi-vehicle accident through there. Lane 3 is blocked off after a four-vehicle accident, but uh, I've been told by the Highways Agency it's quite a minor accident, so hopefully that will be moved out of the way at some point soon. But... Nonetheless, traffic is looking heavy as a result. It's also busy then once you get past that through the roadworks section toward the A1M and you'll find some delays from Maple Cross at Junction 17 toward the M40 at Junction 16 as well. London Coney coming to the London Coney roundabout on the A414. Eastbound looking a little bit slow. The A1 into London starting to look busy as well with stop-start traffic through Boreham Wood from Stirling Corner toward Apex Corner. Adam Glynn, BBC Three Counties Radio. Adam, thank you very much. Right, 7.46, it's Friday the 5th of July. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. MPs are preparing to debate a bill to put into law David Cameron's pledge of a referendum on Britain's membership of the European Union. 47 families in Stevenage will have to find alternative respite care for their disabled children as their current facility, <coughs> excuse me, Wilbury House, has been earmarked for closure. In sport, Andy Murray plays Jertsey Janovic on centre court later for a place in the Wimbledon men's singles final. Coming up, the Church of England's Parliament, the General Synod, are meeting today to discuss creating women bishops again. After the measure was blocked last time, they discussed it. Well, we, we talk about this every few months. It rears its, uh, its head. What do you think? Should women be allowed to become bishops? 08459 455 555. Let's get the weather with Elizabeth Rossini. 
Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Hello, very good morning to you. There's going to be lots of sunshine around today. A really glorious start to this little heat wave that's going to be with us, I think, for the rest of the week into next week, possibly even for a period after that. But of course, all to play for there. It's going to be lots of sunshine around today. More like sunny spells this afternoon with some cloud bubbling up here and there. Temperature-wise, we're talking 25 or 26 degrees Celsius, I think, somewhere across the three counties we could even catch a 27 degrees celsius so it's going to be feeling very warm if not hot um today tomorrow and for sunday as well when those temperatures are really going to peak off as we head into this evening and overnight a lovely way to end the day overnight tonight temperatures dropping to between 12 and 15 degrees there will be some mist patches tomorrow morning that will quickly disperse light winds all the way tomorrow even higher temperatures we could be looking at 28 degrees by sunday we could be pushing 29 or even 30 degrees Celsius, lots more in the way of sunshine, blue skies, not very much cloud at all. Into next week, the high pressure is staying with us. The temperatures will probably plateau between sort of mid to high 20s. If you're headed towards the east coast, just bear in mind we may just get some low cloud plaguing things at times. So something to bear in mind there. But across the three counties, it's just going to be beautiful. There we go. That's the forecast. Thank you, Elizabeth. It's a test of skill. What a climactic finish to another remarkable test match. It's a test of teamwork, a test of stamina, a test of pride. We call it the Ashes. England versus Australia, every single ball, wherever you are. Home of the Ashes on the radio is Test Match Special. The Ashes starts Wednesday from 11. Full live coverage across the BBC and ball-by-ball commentary on 5 Live Sports Extra and BBC Radio 4 Longwave. Go to bbc.co.uk slash cricket to find out more. 08459 455 555. Should we name a bank holiday after Margaret Thatcher? I think it's a wonderful idea. Lover or hater, she certainly um, struck a chord with people, didn't she? And having a bank, having Margaret Thatcher Day makes perfect sense. Happy Margaret Thatcher Day. The likers would love it and they'd be saluting and they'd be celebrating and they'd have bunting. The haters would love hating it. They'd be protesting. Make bank holidays a little bit more interesting. Well, a Conservative MP thinks we should do this. He's hoping to get the issue debated in the Commons today. Peter Bone has put forward a bill to turn the bank holiday at the end of August into Margaret Thatcher Day saying she should be honoured for transforming the country. But a former Conservative MP and a friend of Margaret Thatcher, Michael Brown, thinks the Iron Lady would have been appalled by the idea. Margaret Thatcher hated holidays of any kind. She hated going on holiday and she looked for any excuse to come back uh, to deal with a national crisis if she could find one. And the idea of a bank holiday in honour of Margaret Thatcher she would find thoroughly dreadful. And she would say get on with your work and let's stop all this nonsense about holidays. We've got work to do. We've got work to do. So what do you think? Margaret Thatcher, should we have a Margaret Thatcher day? 08459 455 555 is the telephone number. If you don't want to give it to Thatcher, who would you give it to? There's a question. 81333. Start your text 3CR. Do let me know. And um, we'll see. I just think it would be a, it would be a great idea, wouldn't it? It's not an extra bank holiday. Don't get excited. Don't start planning to, you know, it's not an extra bank holiday. It's going to be the existing one, the one towards the end of August. There's one coming at the end of August. Wonderful. Happy Margaret Thatcher Day. Oh, I forgot. 
Oh, no, I forgot to send you that Margaret Thatcher card. Oh, did you get the Margaret Thatcher cake in for the kids? No. Nuts. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five is the telephone number if you want to give us a call. Go to facebook.com forward slash bbc3cr. Lots of you have uh, been having your say uh, on Facebook. It, it's one of those things that's got you fired up this morning. Twenty. Oh, my goodness, look at that. Uh, Jenny says, I'd rather... Oh, oh, it's a dig at me. I'd rather Ian spent his time focusing on local issues and representing the local people. And that- Well, this is a local issue, Jenny. This is a local... I, I won't... I, I've heard that criticism before. Sometimes it's correct. It's not correct here. If we had a Margaret Thatcher day, it would affect you in beds, hearts and bucks. You silly sausage. Aidan says we should have a Winston Churchill day before a Margaret Thatcher day is even considered. And uh, Yenda says, good heavens, No! How polite, Yender. Thatcher, uh, Thatcher wrecked whole communities and her policies are still having a negative effect today. No Prime Minister has done less for the working man and more for the aristocracy. A day in her name is a joke. Andy says, no, Andy, this is schoolboy politics or schoolgirl. Let's face it, no politician has ever done any good for the country. What? None at all. They're all in it for themselves. They're all remembered for their own shortcomings and are all as bad as each other. The mere suggestion of giving individuals their own day beggars belief. There are people who deserve more recognition for services to our nation rather than overpaid government members. Well, 08459 455 555. A lot of you aren't seeing the bigger picture here. Now, I can't believe this problem is popping up again. I can't believe it's a problem. I can't believe this hasn't been sorted out already. It's the subject of women bishops. It's being discussed again today. The Church of England's ruling synod is meeting under growing pressure to solve the problems blocking the move. Traditionalist Anglicans who oppose women bishops say they're being offered even fewer concessions in the latest proposals. Well, it's a big task for the new Archbishop of Canterbury, who's presiding over the Synod for the first time. Well, in a minute, we'll hear from Christina Rees from Hertfordshire, who's a member of the General Synod. But before that, let's speak to our religious affairs reporter, Alex Strangeways Booth. Good morning, Alex. How big a challenge is this for the new Archbishop of Canterbury, Justin Welby? Well, this is a significant challenge. You know, he spoke in the last debate in November and a lot of people felt his intervention as Archbishop of Canterbury-elect then might have swayed enough votes to get it through, but it didn't. He's placed a lot of personal emphasis on the need to resolve this, so failure would be difficult for him. It could possibly undermine his authority in the long run as well. Also, he's been given a reputation for being good at conflict resolution because in his previous career um, on behalf of the church, he spent a lot of time in war-torn parts of Africa uh, in conflict resolution. But the big question is, can he do the same at home? What's the deal on the table? What's being offered? Well, there are four options being put before Synod over the next few days, and realistically only two of them are likely to stand up, really, and the bishops have made it clear that their support lies with the first. So option one will get rid of this idea of flying bishops, you know, bishops who come in and minister to people who don't want uh, female clergy and female bishops. So that wouldn't happen anymore. Traditionalists would be provided for, but it doesn't specify how, and that provision wouldn't be written into the law. Then you've got option two, which is the same, gets rid of the flying bishops, provides for traditionalists but that provision would be written into the law so it'd be really hard to change it in the future that's the one traditionalists like but option one is the one the bishops want it's going to happen at some point isn't it alex when it has to happen uh, at some point yes and and what we're looking at really um is uh, the final vote taking place 
uh, when a new synod is elected in 2015 so you know it's still got a couple of years to go there'll be an entirely new group of people who'll be voting on it compared to last time so you have to keep in mind that it was voted up by a tiny majority in the house of laity last year so it could be that this new measure which offers traditionalists less than they had before is relying on there being more liberals on the synod when it comes to the final vote Alex Strangeways Booth, that's our religious affairs correspondent. Thank you very much. Let's speak to Christina Rees now from Hertfordshire, member of the General Synod and supports the ordination of women. Christina, why, why do we need women bishops? Well, why do we need bishops at all? Um, you know, uh, we're now living a, a world and an age where men and women um, are considered equal um, by most in society. And, you know, we've got over the um, surprise and shock of having women as doctors, women as lawyers, uh, women as tube drivers, all that sort of thing. This is a change that, as Alex says, it's it's going to come. I'd like to think that it it may come um, even with this synod, if possible, because as she pointed out, it only fell in one of the three houses and only by six votes. Overall, it gained a majority of... of um, 75%, which is the type of majority politicians would give their eye teeth for. So, overall, the church has made it very clear it wants to have women bishops, it agrees with it, it, it thinks it's the right thing to do. Um, the, the, the problem seems to be in the detail of making arrangements for those in the church who remain opposed. Now, I, you know, some people find it hard to believe that there are people who still think women shouldn't be ordained and women shouldn't share in the senior leadership, which is what bishops are, the senior ordained leadership in the Church of England. But I think those, they're not uh, a majority of those people in the church by any means, the vast majority of people just do fail to understand why we're sc still squabbling about this at all. So I think the time is right and what we're going to do um, today, I'm going up to York where the synod begins, is we'll be discussing it tomorrow, talking about it and uh, on Monday uh, looking at the option one that Alex outlined which is let's have women bishops and let's keep the arrangements um, uh, simple and not in the law so that it's not difficult to change as time moves on. Thank you very oh, sorry thank you very much very quickly Christina before we go when do we think we're going to see women bishops? Well if all goes according to plan I'd like to think that we'd see the first woman bishop by maybe 2015 2016 and high time too you, you know we're going to get loads of calls from people who, who still object this finally christina what on earth is going on in the background are you torturing a cat or something no i have i have um interesting exotic fowl out in the garden um what are they they're making a terrible racket i live on a farm and i've got this is going to sound really weird, yeah. but as well as sort of chickens and sheep and things that I've had over the years, I also have some peafowl. <laughs> Christine. Now, I'm sorry, you heard it here first, yes, Ian. I wasn't going to tell. It's exclusive. Let's make peafowl bishops, <laughs> shall we? Christina, nice to talk to you. Thank you very much indeed. Christina Reese from Hertfordshire and her peafowl. What a racket. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio.
We've still got slow traffic on the M25 anti-clockwise. That's after the accident earlier between Waltham Abbey and Enfield. I did say they were going to move it out of the way quite quickly. All lanes have indeed reopened. They got that all sorted about five minutes after our last bulletin. So lane three was blocked off for a short time there. It's looking a bit slow as you continue round through the roadworks and then you'll find it busy anti-clockwise again from Maple Cross toward the M40. But nothing too bad actually compared to some mornings. The A1 looking a bit stop-start into London through Boreham Wood between Stirling Corner an apex corner but that's not as bad as it could be either things moving quite well further up on the a1 with only short delays coming toward the black cap roundabout a little bit of traffic coming along the bromham road into bedford the a4280 and everything running quite nicely on the a5 and the a505 trains and tubes also looking pretty good adam glynn bbc three counties radio thank you very much adam well no one on facebook is giving the thumbs up to a margaret thatcher day Oh, really? Keith's saying we should have a Nadine Doris Day, where we all take the day off. Oh, Keith, that's naughty. On FM, AM, online and digital radio. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's eight o'clock. I'm Catherine Boyle. The headlines, MPs vote on EU referendum, Stevenage care homes set to close and audit office concerns over rural broadband. BBC Three Counties Radio. Plans for a referendum on Britain's membership of the European Union will be debated by MPs later. The bill is backed by David Cameron, but most Labour and Liberal Democrat MPs will not be voting, saying it's a distraction. It's been put forward by the Conservative MP James Wharton. It's got the full support of the Prime Minister, the Foreign Secretary, the leadership of the Conservative Party behind it. And it has the united support of Conservative MPs, which is so important, because this is going to be a a tough road, it's a difficult parliamentary process, but I'm confident that we can do it, we can get it through, and we can give the British people a say. The army in Egypt is calling for national reconciliation as supporters of the ousted President Mohamed Morsi plan a day of mass rallies. Mr Morsi and other senior Muslim Brotherhood figures remain in custody. A man charged with the murder of an elderly woman and the attempted murder of a boy in West Yorkshire is due in court today. 26-year-old Nathaniel Flynn's accused of killing Louisa Denby and stabbing the nine-year-old in a skate park on Monday. Anthony Birchley reports. West Yorkshire police found the body of Louisa Denby, who was 84, at her home in Shipley on Monday. She'd been stabbed to death. Officers had gone to the house as part of the investigation into the stabbing of a nine-year-old boy at a skate park in the town. The boy, who's been named as Jason Darcy, is still in hospital in a stable condition. Nathaniel Flynn, who lives at the same address as Mrs Denby and is believed to be her grandson, has also been accused of possessing an offensive weapon and of assaulting a 59-year-old man with an iron bar in Shipley on Monday evening. The Church of England's ruling synod meets in York today under uh, sorry, under growing pressure to solve the impasse blocking the introduction of women bishops. Traditionalist Anglicans who have repeatedly defeated legislation to create women bishops say they're being offered even fewer concessions in the latest proposals. 47 families in Stevenage will have to find alternative respite care for their disabled children as their current facility, Wilbury House, has been earmarked for closure. Hertfordshire County Council gave Wilbury a six-month reprieve pending the results of a consultation, but now the final decision has been made. This mother, who wishes to be known only as Katrina, has a 16-year-old daughter who uses the home. They refurbished Wilbury four years ago to a beautifully high standard and it was just amazing to have somewhere that she could access in a wheelchair. And I think a lot of us have just, you know, absolutely devastated that they're closing it and um, we've just got to go further afield now. 
The 900,000th van has rolled off the line at Luton's Vauxhall plant. It will be handed over to the AA later this morning to become part of their fleet. In sport, Andy Murray plays Jurtzi Janovic for a place in the Wimbledon men's singles final today. The match is second on centre court after the first semi-final between the world number one Novak Djokovic and Juan Martín del Potro. The weather dry with warm sunny spells and a top temperature of 25 degrees Celsius, that's 77 Fahrenheit. Get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash... I'm Andy, Three counties. I'm Andy Murray and I'm playing in the second round of the tennis with my mum Judy watching me and my fit girlfriend who's better looking than me. Oh, you went a bit in Djokovic at the end then. <laughs> <laughs> I, listen, I wish the boy the best of luck with the tennis today, but by six o'clock this evening he will be Scottish, not British. And that's a fact. Okay. Yeah. Fun times, fun times. Morning. Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. I do. I wish him luck, but he's going to be Scottish again, isn't he? We've sent Kelly Betts out to uh, to find out what people on the street think. Whether he think. Have you seen the size of the fella that Murray's going to be playing? He's six foot eight. He's massive. He can rip his own shirt off. Not one with buttons. I could do that. One that hasn't a t-shirt. Flipping egg. Lots coming up between now and JVS at nine o'clock, including our local MPs will be in Parliament today talking about the EU referendum bill. There are persuasive arguments on both sides as to whether we should be in or out. But what do you think? Can Beds, Hearts and Bucks survive without Europe? Put the passion and the emotion to one side. Look at the facts. Can we survive? 08459 455 555. Bullying at school, does it live with you forever? A new charity is launched today as figures reveal a third of children where we are have thought about or attempted suicide before they reach the age of 16. And Tory MP Peter Bone wants to rename the last bank holiday of the year and call it Margaret Thatcher Day. I cannot believe that everybody on Facebook is against it. Not one person realises it makes perfect sense. Give us a call. 08459 455 505. If you wouldn't call it Margaret Thatcher Day, who would you give it to? We've had Churchill suggested several times. Any other suggestions would be gratefully appreciated. Facebook.com forward slash BBC3CR. Send me a text, 81333. Start your text, 3CR. Or give me a call. 08459 455 555. Across beds, hearts, and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. MPs are discussing the UK's relationship with the European Union later on, and you've probably got a view too. Like to hear it. Oh, eight four five nine four double five five double five. Some politicians say we should pull out of the EU. Others say that would leave areas like beds, hearts, and bucks without investment and put jobs on the line. But what do people think locally about the EU? Here are some voices from the street. We're humans. We're flexible. The instinct to survive is good. Therefore, we will overcome whatever might happen. I didn't think the European thing was a good thing to start with anyway. I didn't actually vote for it. Then again, my vote doesn't make a difference if everybody else thinks differently. We probably could survive locally without the European Union, but uh, in principle I think it does provide jobs in the, in the long run because of here we are a bigger market. The bureaucracy drives me mad. I suppose it does most people mad, but uh, we've still got sort of the economics to think about. Well, Catherine Bearder is a Euro MEP for the Lib Dems in the South East, which covers Buckinghamshire. She joins me now. Good morning, Catherine. Good morning. Can Beds, Hearts and Bucks survive outside of the European Union? No. 
in, in exactly the same way as it couldn't survive outside the UK. We're in a global market and we all have to work together uh, to survive together. The argument, we spoke to a gentleman from UKIP earlier on, and the argument that they put forward, and other people do as well, is that if we were outside of the European Union, it would allow us to negotiate with Europe, with America, with India and China, but on our own terms. But we do. That's what I do in my daily work. I am representing the people of Buckinghamshire when I am uh, on the Trade Committee, when we're negotiating the, U- the EU-American Free Trade Agreement. I am putting the, the UK view to that committee. Um, that's why you elected me to, to do that job. Um, outside of that, we then uh, stand aside, let the rest of Europe, which is, which is half a billion people, it's a huge market that America wants to, to uh, trade with, set the rules, and then we come along with 60 million and say, oh, excuse us, could we have something different? What do you think the Americans would say? How on a day-to-day basis are, are Joe and Jane Bloggs living in, I don't know, Milson Keynes better off by being in Europe? Because we're stronger together. Working um, with our European partners, we are the largest market in the world. We have a huge negotiating power. We, have, um, we are the third largest country in Europe in terms of population. So you have the third largest um, elected representatives there. So we have a big voice. And the rest of Europe actually wants us there. They're, they're, they're getting somewhat um, fed up with our constant, you know, well, we might throw our toys out of the pram and, and go somewhere else. Um, but actually they want us there and they want us to... They, they need us, don't they? Um, they need us and, and we need them. I mean, the, the Europe is, is stronger because of, of, uh, it's the sum of, of all its parts. We are culturally different. We, we bring a difference to the table and a strength to the table. A, a lot of people uh, uh, might say that MEPs, oh, it's, it's just, what's the point of them being in Brussels? It's just a jolly. You get to go off and stay in Brussels, Brussels which is a very, very nice place. Some lovely bars and restaurants there. Um, I never it, get to see them. Oh, come on, Catherine. <laughs> You've had a little night out. Uh, but, but, but a lot of people say it's, a, it's just a waste of money. It's just a waste of money having all you well, over there. You could say that about any, any level of democracy. You know, your councillors are a waste of money. Your MPs are a waste of money. What you do in a democracy is elect people people to represent your views and to stand up for you and that's what i'm doing all the time that's what the meps are doing that's what your local councillor does democracy costs um but is a better system than the alternative i can say that 53 million pounds a day is the figure that's bandied around well exactly i I can't get a clear answer on this and we did have a gentleman on from ukip who couldn't actually defend that figure he said he hadn't read the document um i'm not i can't remember what the figure is per day but it's six it's about six billion um a year right okay now think of that in terms of the nhs or the army or the rest of it it's actually very good value for money uh, what do we get? Back. What do we get for that money? Oh, we get all the support for farmers. We get support. We get negotiating on the on the world stage. We we get um, we we pay for for the actual administration of the of the thing, which is actually small. There are there are fewer people working um, for the parliament than there are for Birmingham City Council. So uh, you know, it's actually reasonably efficient. Of course, it's got to get better. That's what I'm doing. That's what all the other MEPs are doing. We've got to have more efficiency we've got to use our pennies well and, and invest that we invest 
The UK is the biggest recipient of research and, and development funding in Europe. So, you know, our universities are supported by um, the European Union. Um, you know, the benefits are enormous. It's There's like saying, would Buckingham be better out of England if it, it wanted to go on its own? It's, it's the same sort of analogy. Uh, 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 finally, we're, we're hearing talk about... Well, well, David Cameron has promised a referendum with a few caveats. Is it all smoke and mirrors, Catherine? Are we ever going to get a referendum? Well, I don't know how you go into negotiations with, with a sort of large meat cleaver behind your back and say, look, if we don't get our, our, our way, we're going to storm off. That's not really the, the, the way that I understand negotiations. You, you go in, you have your agenda, and you negotiate. Um, but going in and saying, oh, if we don't get what we want we're going um is no way to to open the gambit i think we 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 need to improve the way europe works and that's why i'm busy actively doing that job um because i believe in it and i believe that it's it's worth fighting for final question uh, catherine going off on a slight tangent uh, uh, peter bone mp has suggested that the last bank holiday in of the year should be called margaret thatcher day what do you mm, think no I've got a better a better name for it. Call it my day. Oh, what Catherine Bearder day? No, 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 oh, no, your day. You know, or your, your day, your day. Ian Lee so day. Goes in your calendar. This is this is my day. Oh, this is your day off to do whatever oh, you want to do. That's not a bad idea. You see, she does. She is earning her salary. Catherine, thank you very much indeed. That's Catherine Bearder, Euro MEP for the Lib Dems um, in, in the southeast. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Pat's in Houghton Regis. Morning, Pat. Good morning, Ian. Do you, do you think the bed tarts and bucks could survive outside of the EU? Oh, I think we'd really struggle. No, I'm only joking. Good yeah, joke. Don't open with it. What, <laughs> what, what, you, so you think we'd be successful outside? Oh, obviously, yeah. It's, it's, it's so obvious that we can't even get a vote before the next election. We don't need a law to be passed. I mean, look at proportional representation. That was, all, that was bunged on the electorate at the last moment, and that didn't take a law, did it? Uh, no, but is it obvious, is it really obvious that we could survive outside of, of the EU? Well, all the, all the families have got to do is look at what they're earning at the moment, look at the prices of food at the moment, look at what's happening around. I know everyone throws around the fact that it's a world recession, etc., but we've never been so worse off. And when we were out of Europe, we had the Commonwealth, yes. and that was that was... That was a good time to be around. Well, uh, no, listen, it was a, a great days, great guys, great memories. But it, it is a world recession. Everybody's paying more for food and uh, housing and clothes and, and, and earning less. It's happening everywhere. Well, it is happening everywhere. Everyone's paying uh, a lot more for everything. But have you noticed the people that are charging these prices are getting richer as well? That a lot of people exploit the recession. Of course they do. Especially, yeah, and they're, they're doing it in the shops, the people that run these businesses. Well, that's capitalism, though, isn't it? That's what the system we, we've, we've employed. Exactly. So the root cause of all this increase in food and clothes, etc., is not the recession, it's the people really taking the mickey out of it. Hey, Pat, here we go. Listen, I know you're going to be on my side on this. The last bank holiday in August, Margaret Thatcher Day. You in? I think... Um, I, I, we should call it I can't wait day. What? A day off. But who cares what name you put to it? I don't care. So I just want the day off. Okay. Well, this is the closest I've got to a yes so far. So you don't care. So in theory, if you don't care, then no. Margaret Thatcher Day will be acceptable to you. You can call it whatever day you like. If I get a day off, I'm happy. Beautiful. I'm going to count that as a yes. That's a yes for Margaret Thatcher Day. We found one. 
I knew we'd get there eventually. Smoke and mirrors. Smoke and mirrors. 08459 455 555. Why are you all so anti Margaret Thatcher Day? I genuinely can't understand. I, I can understand why some of you are against it. But even those of you who didn't like Margaret Thatcher, you'd enjoy the day, wouldn't you? Because you, you, it's nice sometimes to be angry, isn't it? We enjoy being angry. And if it was Margaret Thatcher Day and you, you didn't like her, well, you could enjoy being angry about it. 08459 455 555 is the telephone number. I was going to read some comments on Facebook. My computer seems to have decided that it won't let me do that. So in that case, we'll speak to Adam Glynn instead. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Busy and still quite slow on the M25 anti-clockwise. You've got a lot of traffic around because of the accident earlier between Waltham Abbey at Junction 26 and Enfield at Junction 25, despite the fact that all lanes are open. So it's slow approaching the roadworks. You'll find it quite slow through the roadworks as well toward the A1M and then a bit busy from Chorleywood down to the M40, Junction 18 to 16. Clockwise slow in the roadworks section, so Potters Bar to Enfield particularly. If you're driving into London, Borehamwood, the A1 southbound from Stirling Corner to Apex Corner Junction, looking slow. The A414 at the Park Street Roundabout, you've got a fair bit of traffic there, both directions coming toward the roundabout, and some delays in Dunstable this morning on the A5. Going north, it's looking slow between Ashton Middle School Junction and the A505, and then the A505 looking slow from Station Road toward the A5 at the High Street traffic lights. A little bit of disruption on the trains, Virgin are affected off toward Manchester and the Midlands. They've got overhead wire problems at Heald Green, and that means some delays of up to 40 minutes, and cancellations are to be expected on some services running to and from Euston. Adam Glynn, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much indeed. It's 8.16, it's Friday the 5th of July. I'm Ian Lee, these are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Plans for a referendum on Britain's membership of the European Union will be debated by MPs later this morning. 47 families in Stevenage will have to find alternative respite care for their disabled children as their current facility, Wilbury House, has been earmarked for closure. In sport, tiny wee man Andy Murray says he won't be intimidated by his Wimbledon semi-final opponent, the 7'9 giant Jertsey Janovic, 6'8. The weather today in beds, hearts and bucks, it'll be a dry day with plenty of warm sunshine with a maximum temperature of 25 degrees. Coming up, we'll be talking a little bit more about bullying and the shocking statistic that a third of children across the east of England have thought about or attempted suicide before they reach the age of 16. BBC Three Counties Radio. BBC Three Counties Radio, your local stories. I have a friend who runs hairdressers and one of her members of staff is stealing the takings. So what would the advice from the police be? We'll find out, Sally. Your local life. Yesterday we were talking about the problem of shoplifting. So what can you do if you have staff who, to put it eloquently, are a bit light-fingered? Your local radio station. The one thing which seems to actually solve the problem for them, they all said, was I put in CCTV cameras. This is... Is BBC Three Counties Radio. Jonathan Vernon Smith uh, is here. Now, you just said we earlier on in the show, for those of you who've just tuned in, hey, thanks a lot. Uh, but at uh, 10 to 7 on a Friday, we have a regular feature. It's uh, where we play one of the BBC introducing tracks. It's local, unsigned uh, bands. Sometimes it's obvious why they're unsigned. But some of them are really good. Some of them are really good. And we have Nanny Eileen uh, to, to come on and review, who's my adoptive nanny. This, this morning, Barry from Watford muscled in. He's doing a show next uh, week at the Watford Palace Theatre. 
You just told me you're going to this show, Jonathan. I am going to, Why? Yes. Because uh, I'm a big fan of Barry. Oh, for goodness sake. In sakes. fact, Barry this morning, it's my favourite part of your show. What? Loved it. Don't encourage him. It's my favourite, I would say it was my favourite ten minutes that you've done this morning. How rude. <laughs> I have been working my bits off this morning. I, I, this, is, this is a Sony bronze, if ever I heard one. I, well, there's no doubt about that. Yes. And that was the best bit. Well, I enjoyed it. I loved it. I wondered whether, because um, yes. Nanny Eileen, she's, she's widowed, isn't she? Yes. She's mentioned this before. Yeah. Um, has Barry got a wife? He's married to Margaret, but oh. I, I, I think he doesn't mind, you know, oh. playing around a bit. Because I, I th- thought perhaps, and if, I, if you can try and persuade Barry yep. to come on next week, yep. perhaps you should uh, see if you could play Silla Black with the two of them. Send them off on a date. Surprise, surprise! Darkie, <laughs> darkie! <laughs> Isn't it funny to think... Terrifying. I know she was. Isn't it funny to think that we live... We both grew up in a world where Scylla Black was considered Saturday Night Entertainment. She had so many shows. I like Blind Date. And then it just got a bit mucky. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, yes. It went on a bit too long. It it outlived its welcome. They got rid of our Graham at the end. That was when, for me, I was very unhappy. She quit live on air, didn't she? There was a live episode of Blind Date and she quit... On that live episode. Did she? I'm sure she did. I don't remember this. That was it when TV ha- still had the power to actually be a little bit exciting. Oh. There was a fawoy about it. Really? Yeah, fawoy. Fawoy. What's coming up on your show this morning? Well, coming up on the big phone in this morning, it's a, a serious one, it's a tough one. I'm asking from Nine, do you think it's right we spend money to protect John Venables? The parole board has said that one of James Bulger's killers, John Venables, should be released from prison. Venables was previously paroled, but then he was sent back to jail for accessing child pornography. Well, we, the taxpayers, paid for him to have a new identity back then, and we will no doubt have to pay for him to have another new identity should he be released again. The question is, and there's been a, a, quite an argument going on on Twitter, actually, over this, this very issue, do you think it's right that we spend money to protect John Venables? I mean, ultimately, he is a, a man that committed awful crimes, mm. crimes mm. that... Um, Actually, I was just reading some of the details. Uh, I'd, I'd forgotten some of the details. Oh, it's, it's horrific. And a, a lot Awful. of the details weren't... I mean, they were, they were around, but you had to hump for them because they were, were so disturbing. Heartbreaking. Yeah. Absolutely heartbreaking, the, the whole thing. I mean, how two... Ten, they were ten years old at the time. Yeah. How yep. two ten-year-old boys could do what they did to him. It's just... You just can't get your head around it at all. Um... To start with, okay, his identity was protected when he was released from prison because, you know, he was still young, wasn't he? He was still Mm. a young man. But now, the the last time he's been released, he's now a 30-year-old man. Well, does he deserve, should we, the taxpayers, pay for him to have anonymity yet again? From nine this morning, I want your views. Perhaps you think it's absolutely necessary. Sadly, it's a necessary expense because unless we do give him a new identity... When he comes out of prison, he will not last very long at all. Your views on the big phone and Do you think it's right we spend money to protect John Venables? 08459 455 555. It's the big phone in this morning from nine. Thank you very much. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
Well, it's, uh, Jonathan will be talking about that at nine o'clock. That we are joined now uh, by Dee Edwards, who co-founded Mothers Against Murder and Aggression because of what happened to uh, Jamie Bolger. Good morning, Dee. Good morning, Dee. What, what do you think about um, what Jonathan was just talking about there? Well. I don't know why John Venables and Robert Thompson were released so early in the first place. They committed an absolutely horrendous crime. Like you said, yes, they were children, but lots of children are physically, mentally, sexually assaulted every single day in this country. They do not go out and take a, take a child's life. I don't think we should be still protecting him. Um, you know, we're not equipped in this country for... We, we had, um, you know, when people were... were the, the kick-off in Plymouth, for instance, when paediatricians were being beaten up by people because people take the law into their own hands. Um, but I, I can't see how we can justify this man is now 30 years old, and he is a man. He went to prison. He didn't serve his time the first time. He's been caught being involved in child abuse, and we're telling people it's okay. Firstly, you can murder a child and inflict 42 separate injuries on his little body. Then you can go out and abuse children, download pornography, and whatever well, just, else he, he was, just, just to clarify, he was uh, sent back to prison again for, for having pornographic child pornographic yes. images, wasn't he? Not, yes. not, and I know that, that that does count as abuse, but not physically abusing children himself. Well, it just shows what kind of a mentality the person is, though, doesn't it? And, you know, when you get a prison sentence, and you come out on licence, if you do anything wrong, you go back. And how long has he been back in now? Two or three years, maybe? I think it's three years. Three years. Is that really enough? We are, we are still sending out a message that it's okay to be involved in child pornography. And even when you say it's, he's not physically abusing somebody... Somebody is because no, you're right. I was I was just clearing up what you said yeah. because you did say okay. that it implied, and, I was, and, and you're right. I'm not in any no. way justifying what he's done. I'm just no. being because, specific. Because when you are when you go online and download child pornography, you are a part of that chain that is abusing children. Yes. Because if they're available, people will look at them. Someone is taking the photographs of those children. Someone is abusing those children, and he is involved in it. And until the internet people clean up and say we will not even allow child pornography. On the on online, this is always going to happen. We should not be protecting him anymore. And you know, my feeling is I don't condone murder in any way, and probably he won't be safe. But how many more identities is he going to have? What about the families, Denise, Ralph, and their extended families? They don't have anonymity. You know, we know those families. We've worked with them for years. We've seen the heartache, the stuff that has happened to their families because of James's death. They are dragged into it all the time. And many years ago, probably 18 years ago, I was talking to Ralph's mum, and she said to me, every single time those people are in the news again, our James, it feels like our James is dragged back out of his grave. And when is he going to be allowed to rest in peace? Because James Bolger has become the Moore's murders of this century. Devil's advocate for a second, D. Not necessarily what I think, but I'm just putting the, the, this, this forward. They, uh, uh, John Venables was 10 when yeah. he committed the crime. He was a child. It, from what I've read, his upbringing was pretty awful. He was, he was definitely damaged goods, not in any way justifying what yeah, he did. Okay. Don't we... It could be argued that we, as a humane society, which we generally are, do we not owe him the chance to try and rebuild his life? He had the chance to rebuild his life. We never hear from Robert Thompson or what he's doing. I don't know where he is or what he's up to. And maybe he is getting on with his life. I don't know. My fear is that all these new identities people are given, 
one day he could move in next door to my daughter and marry her and I wouldn't know who he was, who my daughter was married to, and I'm sure lots of parents share that fear. We don't know where he is. Who's he living amongst? Who is he going to marry? Who is he going to have children with? What's he going to do to them? No, I just think he had enough chances. He didn't serve, I think they served eight years. And they came out, and yes, the world was up in arms about it. Of course we all were. He had his chance to make a new life. He was given a new identity. He was given over £300,000, I believe, compensation, because they were young children and they didn't understand the court. So I believe... This is allegedly... If we, think... if we let him out as John Venables and th- th- within... But he isn't John Venables anymore, No, but, if we, but if, we, if we did let him out as John Venables or whoever, John Smith or whoever he may be, but we didn't have to protect his anonymity, his picture would be on the front page of The Sun and The Mirror and The Star and he would be killed by the end of the day, wouldn't he? Yes, and it, I expect the person who killed him would be go would go to prison for the rest of their but life. But is that is that is that what you you would like? No, it's not what I would like. I would have liked him to have kept his head down, and you know, I I wasn't happy that he was out in the first place for for killing James. But if he was given a new a new name and a new life and new passport and birth certificates and everything else that went with that, and the enormous amount of money that has been spent on protecting him then he should have taken that chance and gone. And it, clearly, he is not fit to be out on the streets because he can't, you know, I, I spoke a long time ago as well to people who worked with him. Mm. And out of the two, and I'm not going to name names no. because the lady would get into serious trouble for telling us this, but she did say, out of the two, if John Venables is released, he will offend again. OK, D, listen, I appreciate you coming on and I hope thank you, you appreciate I'm, I'm I'm playing devil's yes, advocate and just putting another do. side I of an absolutely argument. absolutely do. D, thank you very much indeed. D Edwards co-founded uh, Mothers against murder and aggression because of what happened to Jamie Bolger. Well, JVS this morning... Well, it's going to be a passionate one this morning, isn't it, is, uh, is talking about this. Do you think it's right we spend money to protect John Venables? You can start calling him now if you want, 08459 455 555. As we always do, we, take, we, we steal the cream of his callers. Uh, let's be honest. If you call him before nine, we'll take the best ones. Uh, you can also email him as well, jvsshow at bbc.co.uk. And uh, no doubt that will, if it's not up there already, that will also be going on the Facebook page very soon. The Facebook page is used for all the shows, not just mine. Uh, JVS and, uh, and Nick and Roberto often pop up there. So facebook.com forward slash bbc3cr. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Disruption for Virgin train services running between Manchester, Piccadilly and London's Euston. This is because of overhead wire problems at Heald Green. They've had to switch the electrical supply off in that area in the aftermath of a train fire and it's causing congestion to services into and out of Manchester, Piccadilly station. Well, that means some late runners on the departure boards coming through Milton Keynes to and from Manchester. It also means you could have some cancellations. The A5 in Dunstable looking a bit slow as you come from Regent Street toward the A505 and then on the 505 you've got a fair bit of traffic coming toward the A5 at the High Street traffic lights. Park Street and the A414 at the Park Street roundabout looking slow. M25 easing after the accident earlier between Waltham Abbey and Enfield. You'll still find it slow though anti-clockwise round from Chorleywood to the M40 and clockwise quite slow through the roadworks Potter's Bar to Enfield. Plus heavy traffic on the A1 in Boreham Wood, Stirling Corner toward Apex Corner. Adam Glynn, BBC Three Counties Radio. Adams, thanks very much. More from you in 15 minutes. 8.30 exactly. News and sport with Catherine Boyle. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio.
Good morning. The headlines. Plans for a referendum on Britain's membership of the European Union will be debated by MPs later this morning. A man charged with the murder of an elderly woman and the attempted murder of a boy in West Yorkshire is due in court later. And 47 families in Stevenage will have to find alternative respite care for their disabled children as their current facility, Wilbury House, has been earmarked for closure. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Andy Murray takes on Yertsi Janovic for a place in the Wimbledon's men's singles final today. Murray starts as the favourite, but the British number one says he can't afford to take the 24th seed lightly. I know him a little bit. I've seen him play quite a bit this year um, as well. He's had some some good tournaments, um, you know, in the build-up here. He played well in Rome especially. And then, yeah, I mean, the guys will we'll have a look at some of the videos of his matches here, see if there's some extra things we can, we can pick up from and take it from there. Sabine Lizicki will play Marion Bartoli in the ladies' singles final at Wimbledon tomorrow. Bartoli won in straight sets against Kirsten Flipkins, while Lizicki beat Agnieszka Radvanska to become the first German woman to reach the final of Wimbledon since Steffi Graf in 1999. Formula One drivers could go on strike this weekend and refuse to take part in the German Grand Prix. That's the threat from the Grand Prix Drivers Association if there's a repeat of the tyre failures experienced during the British Grand Prix at Silverstone. Speaking before the Drivers Association statement was made, the Milton Keynes-based Red Bull driver Mark Webber says tyre manufacturers must adhere to the highest standards. The teams have very strict rules on construction, crash tests, all these things, which we have to meet every year. And they're tough tests, you know, so we need to make sure that uh, the suppliers are doing the same. In football, a statement on the Greys Athletic website suggests the Essex club's manager Hakan Henrietten is leaving to become Luton Town's assistant manager. This follows the Hatters' announcement yesterday that former assistant manager Alan Nielsen and goalkeeping coach Dimitri Karin are both moving on. And local non-league clubs will today find out their opponents in the early draws of the FA Cup and the FA Trophy. And that's the latest news and sports. I'll be back with more at nine o'clock. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Yes, yes, yes. Coming up before the end of the show, Hanson. Mmm, bop. Honestly, I think they are brilliant. And their new single, uh, Get the Girl Back, is wonderful. We've played it a couple of times this week. It's wonderful. It's an interview we recorded yesterday. Uh, They'll be on before nine o'clock. You can still give us a call, though, on Margaret Thatcher Day. It makes perfect sense, doesn't it? 08459 455 555. And Andy Murray, the, uh, the tennis superstar, he's playing today. He doesn't stand a chance against this fellow. Have you seen this? This Jertsy guy. Jertsy Janovic. He's 22 years old, so he's, what, four or five years younger. Six foot eight. Weighs 14 stone. His feet... Size 16 trainers. Size 16. That's big. He ser- this is not even humanly possible. He serves at up to 149 miles per hour. Flippin' heck! He doesn't stand a chance, does he? We'll speak to Kelly Betts in a little bit. She's been out on the street finding out if people think he actually does stand a chance against this jersey giant. I don't think he will. Before that, though, Margaret Thatcher Day, um, an MP, Mr Bone MP, has said the last bank holiday uh, of the year should be called Margaret Thatcher Day. I think it's a cracking idea. I found one person who kind of sort of went along with it, but didn't particularly agree with it. Mick's in High Wycombe. Good morning, Mick. Uh, Good morning, Mary. Margaret Thatcher Day. Come on, you you know it makes sense. It's not, mate. Not to me, you lived through her reign. What we could call it 
it's culture day where we celebrate the cultures of the you know the people that have moved to the uh, united kingdom over the uh, generations and august it's not the final bank holiday of the year. Oh. It's actually uh, Boxing Day, which happened on the 26th. That's actually a bank holiday. Is Boxing that Day a bank a... holiday? Yeah, yeah. It isn't, isn't, isn't Boxing Day one of the most boring days ever? Not really, no. Oh. Well, what do you do on your Boxing not... Days then, Mick? Oh, I'm still in the festive mood oh. and all that, you know. Oh, it's worn off uh, for me maybe... by then. Yeah, I'm still in contact with... With my family and things like that. And, and when, when does when does your contact with your family end then? Well, it doesn't really, and it's ongoing. Oh, there you go. So it's ongoing. Mick, Mick, Mick is giving a resounding no to Margaret Thatcher Day. I don't get it. Surely it makes perfect sense. The haters haters gonna hate. Haters gonna hate, aren't they? Ah, Wimbledon. I, you, you know I'm not a fan. And regular listeners to the show will know I don't really um, understand it. But it's an important day. Andy Murray's in it's the quarterfinals today, I believe. And Andy Murray, the British tennis superstar, could by six o'clock become the Scottish tennis tennis player. I don't think he's going to do it. I do not think he's going to beat this Jersey guy. But but is that just me being grumpy and me being negative? Well, I sent my reporter and i'm doing speech marks fingers as i say that kelly betts uh, out and about to find out what you on the streets of beds hearts and bucks thought kelly thanks for that you're welcome anytime yeah okay just one little tip kelly if you want to make it if you want to be a successful radio star like me yeah i feel miserable inside my soul is being ripped out from me you couldn't tell from my jolly voice no so just try and up up the jolliness a bit. Oh, okay, fine. Perfect. How's this? Yeah, that's hey. much better. Turn it down a little bit. Oh, uh, this? That's it. Well done. Okay. Kelly, All you've right. been speaking to people on the streets today. What have they said? I have. Even people who don't like Wimbledon still think Andy Murray can do it. I said, do you do you watch Wimbledon? No. Do you follow tennis? No. Andy Murray, will he win? Yes, yes. Oh, yes, he will. Uh, lots of people just saying yes, that, basically. Well, should we listen to a montage yes. of people saying yes? Hey. Can we get rid of her? She's awful. So, Andy Murray, Wimbledon, can he do it? Oh, definitely. Why do you feel so strongly about it? Because I think um, everything is in his favour. All the ones that he would have been up against are gone. I hope so. I think he can, yeah. Andy Murray, what do you reckon? Can he do it? Hopefully, definitely, yes. Andy Murray, Wimbledon, yes or Hopefully, no? Hopefully, yes. Yeah? Yeah, why not? I mean, you know, give it quite a few shots. But Andy Murray in Wimbledon, do you reckon he could beat What's-His-Name tonight? Yes, I do, yeah. Why do you think he can? Because he's been doing so well at the, at the minute, so I thought he's got it in him to win it, like... Yeah, he's definitely got the power to do it, yeah. Yeah, I think he can do it. Andy Murray, do you reckon right. he can do it? Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah? Big time. Well, I don't think so. No? He's playing with a Polish guy, yeah? Yeah, we're Polish. So, and we're Polish, so we think our guy's going to be better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I bet he can. Yeah. Yeah, why not? <laughs> Andy Murray, do you reckon he can do it? Definitely. There we go. Well, people are very keen, Kelly Bates. They are. I got really bored of saying Andy Murray, though. <laughs> yeah. Imagine how bored he gets of thinking Andy Murray. Do you want to do your Andy Murray impression? I'm Andy Murray, I'm playing in two rounds of tennis. Oh, no, I can't. Now I sound like an Indian, which you, you cannot do with an Indian voice on the radio. Kelly Betts, excellent work. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. When I say excellent, I don't mean it. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
Okay. Well, uh, John Cavill is a, uh, a coach and a director uh, at Tennis Works at Stony Stratford Tennis Club. Morning, John. Morning. How you doing? Yeah, I'm. I'm good, thank you. Andy Murray does not stand a chance against this bloke. Have you seen him? He's huge. I know. He's a bit of a monster, isn't he? He's six foot eight. Yep. Uh, he's. Uh, I've lost. I've lost him. Where's he gone? He's six foot eight. He's got size sixteen feet. <laughs> uh, he, he can serve the ball at one hundred and forty-nine miles per hour. I know, it's uh, a, a bit of a serve on that, and um, to be honest, on the grass courts as well, the advantage of that with the speed of the ball coming through, and uh, you know, it's not going to be an easy job, and that, obviously that's why he's made it to the semi-finals. Do you, rec- do you reckon Murray can beat him? I think so. It's going to be a tough, tough ask. I mean, anyone with a serve like that is is obviously got a massive advantage. Um, really, it will come down to how persistent, how how much Murray can hang in there. He's got a great return of serve. Uh, obviously, you know, wouldn't be where he is if he didn't. And um, it's if he can just hang in there and mentally get, you know, what make him wobble and uh, take advantage of it. But um, looking at stats and things, the, the guy's only been broken like four times in the tournament. And he's bombing down some of the fastest. He's got the most aces so far in the tournament. And... Uh, so, yeah, it's not going to be an easy, easy task. And Murray's game the other day where he lo- lost the first two sets, yep. that's not particularly promising, is it? Well, uh, sometimes it's quite good to have a tough one coming into this second week, just really to get him fired up, ready for the battles that will come later on. So, you know, Vidasco is obviously a quality player and, uh, and was playing well. Murray was off his game. But at the end of the day, it's, you know, it's about coming through and getting through each round and... Somehow Murray found a way and, and got through, so there's no reason why he can't do it again today. But again, it's, it's just that serve's going to be huge. Size? How, how big are your feet, John? Mine are ten. Size? Size ten? I'm a size ten. Size sixteen feet. This may sound silly, but <laughs> I, I genuinely th- that must give you an advantage because you're more stable, haven't you? Uh, Aren't you? You, well, you? You'd be harder to lose your balance. <laughs> well, I don't know because he's so tall. His centre of gravity is a lot higher. Yeah. So. Uh, it doesn't work the other way, but the height is definitely. I think I've, I've also heard that they've been in training. Um, some of his uh, training partners have been serving off boxes to try and get that trajectory Ooh. down into the court. So, uh, so hopefully he's prepared for it. He's a, he's a bad boy, isn't he? This uh, this jersey. He's he's got previous. Yeah, I mean the guy is, is full of fire, and um, and and it's quite exciting in some ways. He wants it so bad, but he's full of. Um, self-determination and mm. all the good qualities of a, of a good tennis player and, and still relatively young in terms of you know top tennis player um so yeah no it's, it's, it's exciting to have people like this come onto the scene can i uh, ask you a personal question yeah john? go for it when, when my uh, producer producer tara called you up to speak to john cavill yeah. <laughs> am i right there are five john cavills in your family no there's actually six now my son as well oh for goodness <laughs> so was it, is it just, was it your dad your granddad your great granddad and great great granddad yeah that's right <laughs> <laughs> and how old's your boy uh he, well he'll be seven tomorrow oh oh well fantastic yeah, and he's got a wimbledon party down at the tennis club so oh, all fitting. there we go well that, that's wonderful does it not get confusing though having that many john cavills well, yeah it's, it's sometimes well to throw another one in my stepdad's also called john oh so, for goodness uh, sakes <laughs> right okay, listen what can we get can we send a book of names to john cavill just in case he has any more if you have another son <laughs> yeah what are you gonna call it uh, it won't be John. Okay. <laughs> it's only the first one. John, thank you. It's, uh, all right, so there's a rule, I see. John Cavill, thank you very much. You're a good sport. Alan in Lindsley says, if Murray wins, the August Bank holiday should be named after him Murray Day. Oh, for goodness sakes, really? 
Should we have a quick look at the front pages? We've not done the front pages. Look, it's, it's so... It's been such a packed show. Hanson is coming up soon. Oh-ho! The Times. Um, Labour poll chief quits over claims of union fix. Ed Miliband was forced to pick a fight with... Labour. boring. The, the Labour have been accused of kind of fixing things and being controlled by the unions a bit. I, I don't... A bit boring. The Daily Telegraph. Now, this is, uh, this is a, a, an interesting turn of events. Um, police, every chance Madeline is alive. Scotland Yard yesterday, this is the Telegraph, began a full investigation into the case of Madeline McCann, the girl who disappeared six years ago. Why has it taken six years for them to get involved? That's the question. Um, detectives say there is every chance she's alive and have 38 possible suspects. It's the mystery that just keeps on giving. Yes, when you thought that story was all, was all done and dusted. 38 suspects. The Guardian... Uh, Egypt prepares for backlash as Morsi allies reject new regime. Ousted party mobilises for day of protest. It's going to kick off. I don't think you have to be a great political giant to realise it's going to kick off. Uh, Let's do the independent and we'll do the others a little bit later if there's uh, time. Unite, labour in crisis as union chief turns on Miliband and victim in Betterson smear claims was top anti-racist campaign. And there's a picture of Egypt as well. Right, let's go and get the travel news. Here's Adam Glynn. Oh no, that's the weather, for goodness sakes. How on earth did that happen? uh, Well, let's just do it without the music. Adam, what on earth's going on? (laughs) Adam Glynn? Yes. Were you listening to music then? No, something accidentally popped up on my computer. Oh, yeah. I wasn't looking at that stuff. Honest, Mum. It's just popped up by accident. Then why is it in your favourites? Unbelievable. (laughs) Well, Adam, I've got no music for you, so um, we'll have to do this Acapulco. I could give you some music myself. Is it that stuff that just popped up? Yeah. It was a little bit weird. It was a bit Euro poppy, wasn't it? It was a little bit. Um, I, hang on a second. Let, let, let's see if I can work. I can work some magic here with this. Right, the music's right. going to be all over the place. Right, hang on a second. Here, oh no, I can't do it. I've lost all my music now, Adam. <laughs> away you go. Okay. All right, M25 anti-clockwise, looking slow between Chorleywood and the M40. We have had reports of an accident, apparently on the hard shoulder, past Junction 17. So that could be what's causing traffic to slow down through there. You've got some delays on the clockwise side, Potter's Bar to Enfield, going into and through the roadworks there. The A1 is looking quite busy in toward London through Boreham Wood from Stirling Corner to Apex Corner. Short delays on the A405 in Brickett Wood. That's coming down toward the M25. Got junction a 21A roundabout. Looking Sorry, Adam, keep going. It's all right. Ignore the interruptions. A414 at the Park Street roundabout is a little bit slow. The A5 at Dunstable looking a bit busy from Ashton Middle School toward the West Street. Traffic lights. And then you've also got a little bit of traffic as well on Church Street in Dunstable. But really, things are actually looking quite good this morning. Adam Glynn, BBC Three Counties Radio. Adam, I think we got away with it. No one Just noticed about. that was a complete cock up. <laughs> Thank you very much. 8.45, it's Friday the 5th of July. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Plans for a referendum on Britain's membership of the European Union will be debated by MPs later this morning. 47 families in Stevenage have been told their disabled children's respite facility, Wilbury Court, is to close. Coming up, we're going to be hearing from Hanson, but first, here's the weather. Beds, hearts. 
Hearts and Bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Very good morning to you. Lots of sunshine on the way for today. Truly glorious day across beds, hearts and bucks. We'll see temperatures up to 25 or 26 degrees Celsius in some of our towns. We may even catch a 27 somewhere. Quite well placed to do that. Um, Somewhere across the three counties as we head through the rest of the afternoon. There will be some fair weather cloud around at times, but with the winds very light, then it will still feel very pleasant. Lots of sunshine around as we head into this evening too. Overnight tonight, lows between 12 and 14 degrees. A few mist patches, I dare say, into tomorrow morning. They'll quickly disperse and we'll see even higher temperatures tomorrow. The sunshine lasting for the rest of the weekend. Temperatures peaking out on Sunday. We might even see 30 degrees. This is going to be a sustained warm and sunny period with the weather lasting well into next week. That's the forecast. Thank you very much. That wasn't a mess at all, was it? Or was it? Yes, in many ways, uh, it was. Listen, I know I sound geeky when I say this. One of my favourite bands of all time, Hanson. I love them. I genuinely think they are pop. I just think the the pop songs they write are brilliant. Their new single, Get the Girl Back, is awesome. You're going to hear that in a second. I spoke to uh, Hanson yesterday, um, and we pre-recorded a little interview. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Hanson. Hello, Hanson. Hello. Hello. How are you? Uh, Yeah, I'm fine. We've We've got Isaac, we've got Taylor, and we've got Zach. Are you all there? Yes, we are all here. We are all here. Isaac is here. Zach is... I'm here. (laughs) Taylor's Taylor's there. Taylor's laughing. Yes. Now listen, before before we uh, we get started in having a chat, can you do a song for me? Do I get a private concert? (laughs) Uh, Sure, of course. We're going to do a little bit of music. We we did hear that you requested the song Already Home. Yeah, you don't know how to play it. <laughs> is that true? It, it's not that we don't know how to play it. It's just it's not. It's it, it hasn't been rehearsed. Quite, it hasn't been rehearsed to play in this sparse way. It, sound, it so. doesn't sound quite as cool when it's acoustic. It's okay. hard to play without cymbals. Okay, yeah. listen, listen to yeah. you. Okay, I'm disappointed because it is my favorite song on the album. But well, we get it. I mean, we can. You know, no. Listen, you do whatever you feel confident doing. Okay, we're gonna play a song called "Cut Right Through Me." Again. One, two.
Fantastic. We'll have some of that. Handsome, excellent stuff. Listen, I, I, I've got the album here in front of me, Anthem. I've been listening to it a lot in my car. And it's very, yes. it's very good, by the way, is what I should say. Oh, thank, thank you very it, much. It is, it, the thing is, it is excellent. As you, as you, I don't know if you remember, but I've, I've met you before, and I am genuinely a huge fan. But the second... Thank you. Are, are you tired when, of the preconceptions that people have of Hanson? When you mention Hanson, they go, oh, yeah, um, Bob. Uh, does, that, does that not irritate you a little bit? Well, I, I think it's more that you always want people to know what you're doing right now. I mean, uh, you got to be a little narcissistic to get into this business, to put yourself out on stage and be like, hey, here's a great song, right, yeah, exactly. that I just wrote. <laughs> so, I mean, you, you have this sense of, I really want people to know what I'm doing. I'm really proud of what I'm doing. And so it can be frustrating. But, I mean, I mean the nice thing about that is it's still our songs. You know what I mean? We still wrote those songs, like, like Mbop or Where's the Love or... If only. We've been to kind of doing a, a blind Pepsi challenge with, with your single. And I've been playing this, the, the uh, Get the Girl Back, which is the, the single, and saying, This is a brilliant song. I'm not going to tell you who it's by. Have a listen. And everyone goes, Hey, that's wow, that's a great record. Who's this hip young band, Hanson? And uh, no one believes it. No one can believe it because it, 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 you, the thing is, is, is this your sixth album? It's our yeah, sixth album. Album yeah. number six, which is, you know, we feel pretty pretty happy about that. It's it's a lot to get to album number six. Yeah. Do you miss the hysteria of the mid-90s? That You know, when you were a pure pop band and it was screaming 12-year-old girls, do you miss that? Well, I mean, the, the uh, My biggest, hearing doesn't miss yeah, that. Yeah, I was going to say, the biggest downside <laughs> of screaming 12-year-old girls is no one could hear the music. How did you guys meet? <laughs> well, um, it, we were at the hospital. It was 1985. Actually, we were at home because I was at home birth. Yeah, exactly. Oh, no, Virginia. that's messy. You don't want that. Wow. Well, at what point, obviously, your brothers, I'm teasing you, but at what point did you go, hang on a second, we might have a really good band here? Well, it, it's, it's interesting because, you know, obviously we started singing together when I was like six. And uh, we were the band for about five years before we got signed, a while before people actually knew the band. But. Um, I joke that I didn't actually join the band until I was about 18, you know, because it was sort of, it's so natural, this process, being the band. Um, it's just something that happens and something that you're enjoying and you don't think about it. And then one day you're like, oh, right, right, this is, yeah, yeah okay, yeah, yeah, I'm in a band. Yeah, yeah. let's do it. <laughs> yeah. I've sold 10 million yeah, records. Because, well, yeah, I mean, because, you know, when you're rehearsing in your living room, it doesn't always so much feel like, oh, yeah, you know, I, I'm in a band quite in the same way. It's a little bit more like a... Just an, a direct extension of you. It becomes a lifestyle. I mean, there, yeah. there are a few people that actually know me in particular before we were, you know, in a band. Because yeah. I was six. Exactly. You know. Your you, other siblings. <laughs> Listen, the, the new album is called Anthem. And boy, oh boy, if, if, if you want to hear what Anthem sound like in uh, 2013, play the first song. The first song, Fired Up, is a filthy rocker. <laughs> I, I was su- I, even well, I was but, surprised. It's, it's very, it's, it's, I don't mean dirty in content, but it's, it's got an edge to it. Well, oh yeah. yeah, it does. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's. A, I mean, the the thing is, it's it's just a good lead guitar, drums, bass. It's it's basically the DNA of an ACDC song. Yeah, or yeah. I mean, you just know, a straight out of the box, simple with Led Zeppelin time signature. Yeah, we, we yeah. exactly. We, not not to say that we're equivalent to those at all, but oh, hang on, ha- Hanson are bigger than Led Zepp. I can see the headlines now. Look, <laughs> you saw what the Beatles did with Jesus. You're bigger than Led Zepp. That's in some ways. Uh, that's what. Yeah. Listen, uh, what, what, what the new singles get the girl back. Can you play that one on guitars yet? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. C- can we hear a bit? Of course. Yeah. Away you go, chaps. This, this is a little more of a Motown throwback. Little. Oh, this, is a, this is a cracking song. Here we go.
Yes, fantastic. Uh, chaps, listen, it's lovely to talk to you. I believe you're coming back over in the year to do some concerts. Is that right? That's yeah. right. The uh, tour is going to be all over the UK. It'll be in December, so uh, check the website for dates, Hanson.net. Hanson.net. The new album is called Anthem. The singles Get the Girl Back. It's, a, it's an absolute corker. Chaps, as always, wish you the best of luck. Thank you for coming on. Yeah, Thank thanks you. so much. Thanks for having us. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The A5 in Dunstable, still looking a little bit slow as you come from Regent Street toward the A505. And then on the 505, a bit of traffic from Station Road toward the A5 at the High Street. Traffic lights, it's nothing major though. Speed sensors not showing any big problems today. The A6 looking maybe a little bit slow from Luton northbound up toward Barton Le Clay and the bypass. But that also is running reasonably well. You've got delays between the Park Street roundabout and the London Coney roundabout on the A414. So it's looking quite slow through there both ways. Down to the M25, the majority of the traffic has eased off now. You're pretty much back to normal as you make your way round toward the M40. We had those reports of an accident on the hard shoulder near to Junction 17 earlier. Clearly that has all been moved out of the way and traffic through there is looking OK. M1 is looking fine into London. On the A1 you've got a bit of traffic still heavy in Boreham Wood from Stirling Corner toward Apex Corner. And on the trains it's good news as well. Virgin back to a normal service from Manchester to London after overhead wire problems earlier this morning. Adam Glynn, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you Adam. At last Tina's texted in an excellent idea and Margaret Thatcher Day would upset the people who disliked her. I loved her. At last. Someone agrees me. Download the podcast. Back on Monday. JBS is up next. On FM, AM, online and digital radio. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Ian. Good morning. Welcome to the JBS Show. I'm Jonathan Vernon-Smith. Friday morning and on today's big phone-in. Do you think it's right we spend money to protect John Venables? The parole board has said one of James Bulger's